this is another edition of Kaiju Transmissions. As always, my name's Kyle Bird. I'm your host, and with me is my co-host. Hey, everybody. I'm Matt. That's Matt. Uh, you know him. Uh, I am also joined by two guests. I have uh, someone who seems to be just... You know what, Trev? We'll, we'll just pull up a, 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 a futon and let you sleep here, because you're, you're dominating this podcast right now. Um, I'm dominating it. I mean, I know I was. I don't know if that's the word you're looking for, but yeah, I'm starting to feel a little bit at home here. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, I mean, if you think I'm doing a better job than you guys, I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, feel free to sleep on the floor. You know, grab grab some 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 snacks or whatever. Uh, I gotta push uh, all Matt's Godzilla toys aside. Finally, yeah, yeah. And uh, I am very excited to have for the very first time an old friend of mine. Uh, the goat, say hello. Hello, everyone out there in Kaiju Land with the radios tuned to the Kaiju transmissions. I am so excited to be here, listen to this podcast. Love the originality of this podcast, the uniqueness, the specialness of this podcast. I'm a big fan of the whole Kaiju genre. For the most part, I just love that you know it's like one of the few genres that did not discard the past of filmmaking. People still loving all the rubber suits and everything and just keeping it alive and just, you know, the fandom never died, and I appreciate that. And I might not have spent nearly as much time uh, as uh, Matt and Bird here watching these films, but I just I, I just love the whole genre. So, you know, really glad that there's a podcast out there talking about it. And, you know, it's put on by my friend, and I have a chance to participate, so I'm stoked. And I want to try to stay as clean as possible. No, you don't have to. You know, don't worry about it. Well, I know there's probably not like a lot of young kids listening, but I know like you know kaiju's and then in, in, you know general we're talking about Power Rangers. It's like I feel like there's probably you know a lot of people worldwide listening to this podcast that are probably more on the cleaner spectrum of entertainment. Oh, so I, I'm going to be as respectable as possible. Jesus, goats uh, making us look bad here. Uh, anyway, goat and I go way back. Um, you may know him from Hillbilly DVD reviews. Um, for a little while, me, him, and Trev did a thing called Movie Wars, where we'd watch a movie that some of us like, some of us hate, and basically argue throughout the whole thing. That's still out there in podcast land somewhere. You can find it. And... We just stopped doing new episodes because we couldn't find any more movies to disagree on. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty we much. We agree on everything now. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, also, uh, 1980s movie Graveyard... Um, which you've had a lot of success with. Is, is that, is that right? Yeah. Um, that is my highest rated podcast, whatever, you know, venture to date. And we're currently in development on a 90s spinoff. So pretty soon you'll be able to hear us talk about both 80s and 90s films, you know, so yeah, keep and, an eye out. Um, and Trev's shown up on there a lot. I've done a couple of them. Yes. Um, and it's always a lot of fun. Uh, and then uh, Trev, of course, you know from previous episodes where he sat in, and he's the co-host of my other show, If It Bleeds, We Can Kill It, and he hosts the marvelous Days of Future podcast, X-Men podcast. So that's where you can find all of uh, these lovely, lovely, jeez, uh, what, what are you guys? Gentlemen? I was going to say gentlemen, but I didn't think that worked. We are entertainers. Okay, works for me. Um, and as uh, my buddy the goat mentioned, we're here to talk about Power Rangers. One of the, when you look at it, probably one of the weirdest yet most successful uh, 
Japanese pop culture imports. So, um, and and <laughs> uh, now I watched it as a kid. Trev's a little older than me, but he watched it when it was on. Now, Goat, correct me if I'm wrong. You just like started watching it out of the blue like recently, didn't you? Yes, um, literally, I want to say about a year ago, but probably not that long. Probably more like nine months ago. We were just me, me and my girlfriend. We were just like a conversation broke out about how much of a fan of it she was, really. And I was kind of surprised she was that big of a fan. So we're like, oh, let's for fun, you know, let's for nostalgia's sake, you know, let's watch the first episode because it's available on Netflix. So we watched the first episode and we were hooked. So then we're just watching and watching. And I haven't made my way through the whole series yet, um, but I watch about a good probably fifty episodes and continue to keep going with it. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, I have. Oh, go ahead. No, I, was just, I have scattered history in the past with the show, but in terms of being like what I'll call a legit fan, yes, I have just become uh, literally a legit fan within the last year, believe it or not. But what you just said makes so much sense to me because it is true that if nothing else, it's it's such an easily bingeable and digestible show, right? You can sit there and watch so many in a row. There's just, there's just something about it where, you know, there's a lot of shows I like and there's certain ones I can binge, but Power Rangers, man, you can really just fall down a rabbit hole of watching a bunch in a row on Netflix. And in one a day is perfect too, like because it's just you know every episode is very similar, but it's just like the perfect comfort food. Like one a day, you're getting in and out twenty minutes. Like we really just use it as, and we got to get back on it because we need some more cheering up. But we just use it as a way to cheer, cheer. You know, put come home from work, you're tired, you're worn out. Just throw that on. It's going to energize you. You know, make you happy. You're going to have some laughs. You know, it's great. Really, but with all different Power Rangers shows that are on Netflix, if you start going for one a day today, you've got like your next few years planned out for you <laughs> i feel like you have like decades out of you <laughs> yeah um so I, we're we're gonna keep it uh pretty much contained to the mighty Morphin run which i think is the first three seasons um we might mention or bring up some of the later stuff but that's really where well, i think we'd have to for one of the movies right? yeah yeah but i mean that's where the meat of everything is is gonna gonna lie you know uh especially like as a kid once mighty morphin went into zeo that's when i stopped watching so um, traitor <laughs> did any of you guys keep watching after that no no <laughs> i told you no, I, watched, I, I, I did i watched uh kind of i watched into the turbo run okay well okay I, I wasn't a regular watcher um you know back in the day I was a little too old to like really be into the sensation, but being an action fan, I, I honestly originally like I wasn't believe it or not, I wasn't even to the kaiju uh, aspect of the show. I really just watched for the the putty fights because I you know I was a big action fan, big martial arts fan, you know. So I would really just watch for those, and then you know got the crush on the Pink Ranger like a lot of people did, and you know I actually saw the first movie in the theater, believe it or not. But, you know, after that, and I had a few Sega video games based on it, but after that, you know, like, I, w- I was pretty much, after the first movie, I was done. So, um, uh, quick crash course, uh, as many people know, Power Rangers, fran- the Power Rangers franchise is the American adaptation of the Japanese Super Sentai series, which is, uh, one of the longest running, uh, uh, big tokusatsu franchises on Japanese TV. Um, uh, like they're they're in there. Like, geez, 
They're in, like, their 40th or something series. Anyway, all started in the late 70s. Uh, 77, or 75 to 77 was Goranger, if I'm pronouncing that right, um, which was the first show. Um, and uh, it's created by um, the same uh, guy that came up with um, Kamen Rider, if people are familiar with Kamen Rider um, and uh, Cyborg 009, um, his name is uh, Shitaro Ishinomori, I believe. Anyway, um, and uh, the third series is called Battle Fever J, which was actually a co-production with Marvel after the success that Toei, who make all these shows, did on the... Um, What's it called? The Spider-Man Show. Anyway, um, so that's been going on since the 70s. Now, legend has it that uh, Mr. Is it pronounced Haim Saban? Haim Saban. Haim Saban, who... Haim. What was he before he started doing this? He's a media mogul, is is what they call him. Didn't he get a start in, like, the 60s? Um, like, um, what do you call it? Like, with gaming machines and stuff? Yeah, I That's never, he I never really heard of him until all this stuff happened. But um, he he's the founder of Saban Entertainment, and I mean, looking at him up, he's, he's a lot of things. It says he's a media proprietor, investor, philanthropist, musician, record, film, and television producer, a businessman with interests in financial services, entertainment, and media, and an estimated net worth of three billion. Good yeah, lord, that can't all be Power Rangers money. <laughs> you know? Um. In the early 90s, uh, 90, 91, 92, he was in Japan, and there was a show called Zyu Ranger, uh, which was the 16th Sentai series, uh, and it was it was huge. All the, the kids were loving it, and he was like, wow, I gotta get, a, get in on this. So that is where we have the genesis of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, uh, where he took the Japanese monster and hero footage and would and basically made brand new american characters new cast he they kind of stuck to a lot of the storylines um but overall it was uh he just made it into a goofy kids show which the japanese version was as well zoo ranger i guess the big differences there is uh zoo ranger is more fantasy based you know they they in in zoo ranger they actually are like ancient like millions of years old warriors and uh they communicate through telepathy instead of you know little gizmos um but overall uh really the same kind of show um trevin matt i just showed you guys an episode of that that corresponded to the power rangers episode and like Obviously, aside from the cultural and aesthetic differences of the Japanese footage, you, you would say it's pretty typically kind of, kind of the same, you know, as dopey kid stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, like, the they're, they're incorporating a lot of the Japanese folklore and, like, some of the, what you would consider, like, yokai monsters and dealing with, like, death and stuff, like, talking about the, the Green Ranger and, and, and such. But it's still, overall, a kid show. Yes, it's, it's like, very it, much Saturday morning kitty stuff. 
Yeah, yeah, I was definitely. actually really surprised by how similar it felt because it's one of those things where having not ever watched the Japanese version and over the years always hearing all this talk, you know, from, uh, I mean, I guess maybe overzealous fans or something about how, oh, the American version so dumbed it down. It was really this, like, dark, you know, mature show in Japan, and then you showed us that, and I was like, well, it's pretty much the same. I mean, Cause it was, at least it was, the cultural uh, differences, sure, but you could still tell it, was, it felt like a show for kids no yeah. matter what. I I I think kind of that perception from American Sentai fans, maybe it's because I like culturally I think the Japanese are more okay with addressing like things like death and stuff in their kids entertainment. Like Matt just mentioned, like Green Ranger arc and in Zoo Ranger, the Green Ranger actually dies. Um, but you know, aside from just being more willing to kind of bring up that subject matter, it's like it's still it's it's the same the monsters are just as goofy the, the princess or queen or whatever bandora who's like the original reader repulse is pretty much exactly the same um they fly around on bikes <laughs> yeah they, they still fly around on bikes <laughs> um but power rangers added like i said it, it kind of took away the the more mystical stuff and um you know, it was more, I guess, added more sci-fi or, like, technologically, you know, tech stuff. Like, Zordon is the... What is Zordon? I don't know. He's a giant projected face in a tube. But, you know, in the Japanese version, he's just some, like, lame old wizard guy. Um, yeah, Zordon's way better. <laughs> <laughs> in my opinion. Um, and, you know, stuff like the, the high-tech command center. Those are, like... Power Rangers staples that I think were kind of started with the Saban version. But basically every show, almost every show since Zoo Ranger has been adapted into whatever the next Power Rangers thing was. And, uh, you know, Toei have made their own footage for American use. Um, and then some of their directors, well, I don't know if some of, I, I know like Koichi Sakamoto who's a big stunt guy and action director on Japanese TV and stuff. He's, like, one of the only people that's been prolific in both the Power Rangers and Sentai stuff. So, you know, the two companies have... uh, Seems like they have a really good relationship. So, with that out of the way, um, (laughs) let's talk Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Uh, So, when I was a kid... uh, uh, this show came out probably around the exact same time I was getting into Godzilla and stuff, and um, I was I was eight. I'm a little younger than uh, Trev and Goat here, um, and at first I kind of had like kind of an aversion to it, and then when I actually watched it, I was kind of like, hey, this this kind of feels a little bit like the Godzilla stuff I've been watching. So that's kind of where that came from, and I just kind of got sucked in like every other kid my age and. You know, was getting all the toys and watching it every day after school. So revisiting it, you know, for this podcast or just for the hell of it, because it's all on Netflix. Uh, it is. It is. Uh, it's. It's. It's like you guys said earlier. It's. It's like comfort food. It's super nostalgic. Um, now. Uh, now, I guess, Trev, you you were you're older than me. So you were probably more like in middle school, maybe even high school when this came out. So 
not being and like was, an impressionable young kid who like just got done binging Ninja Turtles. Like what is an older uh, like what what are you doing here? Basically, I mean, what what about it clicks with you? Whether it's uh, you know an ironic love or like what do you get out of Power Rangers? Yeah, no, I think that's it. I mean, I've always pointed to Power Rangers as one of the first shows I specifically remember watching. I'm kind of a, in a in somewhat of an ironic sense. I mean, I was, uh, I guess I was 12 when it debuted. Um, and then I probably, I didn't start watching it right when it started. It was something that was, had definitely been on TV for a while before I started kind of catching on to it. So I was probably more like 13 or 14 when I started watching it. But it was really a thing where I would watch it and I could tell, you know, it's a kid show and you can always see why kids would like it. And I was watching it more in a sense of kind of laughing at it. Not in like a mean way, but, you know, in the spirit of it, thinking this is a fun show, but it's really goofy. It's really kind of dumb, especially the added American footage. At that time, I had no idea it was an adaptation of a Japanese show. So I thought it was just all, you know, made kind of in-house. Um, so I, you know, I, I thought like, oh, this, I mean, as someone who did grow up watching Godzilla films and stuff on Saturday mornings, Saturday afternoons on TV, I, I liked those elements. But all the actual character stuff and balkan skull and the silliness of rita and goldar and all that stuff that's what entertained me and i was definitely watching it as like a kind of a goof you know so that's that's why i fell uh, in love with it all right matt you're you're the only one left what what's what's your i mean were you super into power rangers as a kid is it something you kind of circled back to later on or what yeah dude i i i uh i was a daycare kid for a little bit not like you i think it was eight when it came out and then before it came out, I think like the summer before they had all these commercials playing. So like when they would uh, let us watch some TV, I think like before like nap time, because it had these terrible cots they'd make you take naps like right before lunchtime or something. They The commercials were playing for Power Rangers. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. Di- like dinosaurs? Like I'm in. And uh, I remember because I, I, growing up, I used to watch like Saved by the Bell. And like this, like the the, the <laughs> this, humor. This show humor is basically exactly this, this show is Saved by the Bell with. Oh, yeah, and that's another and that's another favorite show of mine. You know that, bro. Yeah, man. <laughs> like this is Saved by the Bell and like action, and it's yeah. So it was right up my my alley. Um, and and of course I'm there for the for the monsters. I'm there for the for the Zords. Like that was my thing. And I love the the Dragon Zords. Uh, my my favorite reminded me of Mechagodzilla. Um, there. So I mean, like I, I watched it. I remember we used to. As kids, I had a very vivid imagination. So when I wasn't playing X Men with my friends, we were pretending to be Power Rangers. Like that was our thing. So yeah. But, but can I quickly say what I think is a is a key difference between this and Saved by the Bell, though? <laughs> yeah. And I, and I and I love them both. And I I, I agree with you, Matt, that I kind of watch both of them for the same reason. But I think Saved by the Bell was not in on the joke, whereas I think <laughs> Power Rangers kind of is, right? Like I, you yeah, know, that's oh, why sure. I said. That's why I said when I'm when I'm laughing at Power Rangers, I don't feel that bad about it. And I don't think it's mean spirited because I honestly think that they knew they were making a really cheesy show. And all those scenes with the kids and everything, I think were made, you know, maybe I'm giving them too much credit, but I honestly watch it now and it's I, I kind of get that like Batman 60s show sense from it where I feel like they were Ow. making something that kids could like, but they also yeah. knew that if an adult watched it, it was silly enough for them to enjoy. Whereas Save of the Bell was just a bunch of like 60-year-old men trying to write a high school show, and that's why it's so stupid. That is interesting, because, like, I, I, as a kid, I mean, of the late 80s, early 90s, like, I've tried to revisit some of the, like, the stuff that I would, like, the old Ninja Turtles and Ghostbusters cartoons and, like, He-Man 
And none of it plays nearly... And I, I mean, maybe it's just the kaiju fan me that likes seeing the miniatures and the monsters and all that, but it I, it doesn't play as well to me as Power Rangers does. So maybe there's something there. Mm-hmm. Well, like, Saved by the Bell is just very, uh, like man, hey, stop doing drugs, and they had all these, like, very straight-faced... Everything they did was so very preachy and straight-faced for, like... Power Rangers is telling these sort of, like, tales of morality in in their episodes, but they're so goofy when they do it, like, you can kind of have fun with it. And Saved by the Bell, you you have to laugh to get through the episode. (laughs) If you don't, I think you'll go crazy. Well, the the episode... Now, that said, if anybody wants to, like, make a fan film where the Saved by the Bell kids become the Power Rangers, I will fully finance this. (laughs) I will be completely on board. That's actually a good comparison, though. Kelly Kapowski was born to be the Pink Ranger. Oh, I'll agree (laughs) with that. But no, I was kind of the same way. Like, I was, you know, I'm probably the oldest one here. I was Saved by the Bell was more my young, grown-up time, and then the show ended or morphed into college years and eventually was gone so like when power Rangers, i really didn't even know about power rangers because i was older it probably was on for a good year before i even knew about it started catching pieces of it and initially um like i like i caught right off the bat that they were using old clips and like that kind of bugged me so initially i kind of I, I kind of more preferred the new stuff that they're filming, and I kind of liked the cast. I, I did like the cast because it did have that kind of, you know, it, it was more obviously for a younger demo, even than Say by the Bell, really. But like, I just like that high school atmosphere and the, the gang of friends and all that kind of stuff, you know. So, yeah, like it was actually, believe it or not, initially, now I totally am all about, I love the kind of kaiju aspect of it in the weekly monster. But at the time, my first initial attraction to it really was more just the actual, you know, American cast actors and like kind of their, their action scenes and stuff. So when we, we say it's an adaptation, it's, it's, it really is just taking the fight scenes from the Japanese show and and filming and writing a storyline around it with American cast and well and dubbing the the rita scene yeah yeah um which uh it, it's interesting well i i guess the interesting thing about that is you know i i don't think anyone at saban expected it to blow up the way that it did um and uh i mean around the time of season two they'd pretty much run out of zoo ranger footage to use so that's when they they pretty much had to call toei um who uh, like in Japan, they would start filming like ranger scenes that correspond with the American stuff. Like they would have like the pink ranger and the green ranger, like showing some kind of physical affection since they were like a couple in the American version. Um, Once and the the actress that played Rita and the actress that played Scorpina came back um, the ja- from the Japanese show and, and did like new scenes. Um, to better match like the lip movements and stuff, so they had a good partnership. And once they ran out of footage, they just started Toei just started making monsters and uh, filming fight scenes with them and just shipping it over to America. Um, which even then that was that started to cause problems because the next Toei show Die Ranger had started and then uh so you know they they were running out of things to adapt so they had to uh 
the Americans pretty much had to use like the Zords and monsters from that show while still in like the the Zoo Ranger <laughs> costumes. So like there's parts where you see like in the background like a Zord that shouldn't be there and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so it got kind of chaotic and that's why the white the white ranger is actually the white i'm trying to get this right the white ranger is actually the white die ranger who was never in zoo ranger so all the stuff with the white ranger and everyone else that's all new stuff and of course this and this is where we have to talk about the villains um at least for me the show found its footing once uh, they started making stuff exclusively for the American show, because it introduces my favorite villain of all time in the Power Rangers, Lord Zed. I was really hoping you weren't going to say in the Power Rangers. I was hoping that was just your favorite villain of all time. <laughs> yeah, Joker. No, <laughs> it doesn't have anything on Lord Zed. So let, let's go around the room. Uh, because, see, this is when they switched to Zeo that made me tune out. The villains were super lame. So I think maybe the strength of the show is as good as the villain. So going around the room, are you guys Rita people or Zed people? All right. And I think, and I could even do this for the Rangers themselves, but at the time, you know, being a teenager or whatever, like I gravitated more towards Zed because I thought he looked cooler and all that. But now when I watch it, I prefer Rita so much more. So, Come on. I think I feel the same way. Yeah, I think Zed seemed really cool when I was first watching this. I was like, oh, that's a cool design. He seems like such a badass. But now <laughs> as someone who appreciates the corny side of it a little bit more, I think Rita is the more fun villain. Can I say neither and just go with Goldar? Like I just I like I the mean, simplistic yeah. idi- idiocy of, of Goldar. Well, okay, we'll we'll use that as a segue to Goldar, but you got to answer the question, man. Come on, I, all right. You're well, not I'm, gonna, you I'm gonna go out. Rita, Rita all the way, man. Okay, I like Rita, but I don't know. There's something about the way Lords. I guess they both do this because here's the way a Power Rangers episode starts. Okay. The Power Ranger, someone on on the team is doing some some recreational activity. Uh, like, we'll just say they're playing frisbee, and then the villain just is watching them, and they're like, "Oh, they like frisbee, do they?" And then they just make a frisbee monster, and that's your storyline, pretty much. That's how every that's. <laughs> and, it was so we were just recently watching some episodes, Bird. We were talking about how like the thing that's always driven me the most crazy about Power Rangers, and I mean it's it's the kind of thing you're not supposed to care about or think about, but it's that kind of funny thing. And this is why you can enjoy it ironically, is that both Rita and Lord Zed know the Power Rangers' secret identities. They watch them all the time, and it never occurs to them. I I could just send a putty into their house while they sleep and murder them. <laughs> Instead, they just—they always create these overly elaborate plans that, in, like, so they revolve around turning a handbag into a monster, or you know, <laughs> drugging their drinks while they're at a public park. And it's like, why don't you just kill them in their sleep? You know where they live. You know who they are. Or why don't you just go on TV and tell everyone who they are? Since apparently it's important that they have secret identities. I don't. So, so did you guys notice as kid when when they made the switch from the Japanese footage to Carla Perez playing Rita? Because I never noticed it. For Rita, no. As a kid, like, I could tell, like, you know, the film stock takes, like, a huge dip, <laughs> you know, anytime they <laughs> yeah. dig into the the stock footage. But I, I, I didn't know there were two. I mean, I, I didn't know until I was older that they, they, they recast Rita eventually. 
Yeah, I don't think I watched the uh, show in order or anything as a kid so, or paid that close attention. I really just saw enough of it to really because, like, I think by the time I started watching it, it was mostly that. But, like, when I watched it recently, like, when it switches over, like, yeah, it's hugely. And, like, I like the, the real Rita way better. Well, kind of like it's hard. It's hard to notice, and it's harder to when you're, especially when you're a kid, right? Because no matter what, it's always Barbara Goodson doing the voice, right? No mm, yeah. The actress it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, too, with like, in, in all honesty, something like we kind of don't think about when we talk about nostalgic things like this. I think it's a lot easier to get fooled back then because let's be honest the tvs we were watching stuff on back then were so much smaller and Mm -hmm. obviously not as clear so i think you know it's a little less noticeable on like a 20 inch standard definition tv i actually think the dubbing was was really well done because i never noticed as a kid that it, that it was dubbed at all. And oh, I usually I picked up on that. I, I never I never picked up on it. Maybe I'm just an, an idiot or something, but it wasn't something that I picked up on right away. And usually that was something because I was a fan of Godzilla. Like it was usually pretty obvious to me. Yeah. Well, I mean that well, that's um you're mostly going to get that in the first season cuz that's where they're actually taking like the raw Japanese stuff and then after a while, they got the Japanese actors to mouth their dialogue, and then, like you, like we just said, they just recast Rita anyway. But yeah, it's the same person dubbing over it. And I, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time believing anyone can talk like that, but <laughs> apparently someone could. But uh, I'm with you on Goldar. Uh, I've always been a, a big Goldar fan, Um Especially because he he is just constantly getting like yelled at, but I feel like he could probably just take out anyone in that moon base where, wherever they are. And he sounds like a death metal vocalist, and I'm big, I'm a big metal fan. <laughs> yeah. So. Now is he yeah, played? Is, I he, is, he, is he played dumb in the Japanese one, or is he actually more of a intimidating villain? Uh, I feel like it's a little bit of both. I, I feel like, well, I, I feel like he's a little intimidating in in both versions, also. But uh, is he? I feel like he like, every time he actually comes to fight the Rangers, he seems pretty incompetent. Then too, I never feel like he's a real threat. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then of course we have Squat and Babu, who I were never, I was, I'm never big fans of them. No, they especially um, is I can't remember is Squat. Yeah, Squat's like the little fat one, right? He's a little blue guy. Yeah. Yeah, that costume, man, I think was one of the initial kind of barriers to me getting into the show. Because when you see that, you know, even compared to Goldar, which is obviously kind of like whatever costume, but it looks cool. Like, I don't know, he just looked like the one where it's like, when you see him in the episode, like, the production value seems to take a huge dip, like, in your mind, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. And Finster is the monster maker who... (laughs) Kinda, He's so goofy. Yeah, they're they're all good. I don't. They never really explain what these things are. They're just yeah. They're just made out of like clay or whatever. <laughs> um. Now here's a question. Uh, so when Lord Zed took over, he had new putties that have like these giant buttons on them, and you pretty much punch the button and they like explode. Serious design flaw. Why did he do that? <laughs> Uh, Maybe knows. the fact that his brain's exposed actually is like a problem, <laughs> right? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That's a good question. I mean, was it just a, 
you know, trying to match, like, were they just being lazy and, like, matching, like, what happened in the Japanese series or what? Cause, I mean, <laughs> no, because uh, the original putty is you just had to beat them up a lot, and then they'd eventually, like... Disappear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was reading that parents thought Lord Zed was too scary for, like, yeah. the first run of episodes, and then they had to, like, dumb him down and make him into, like, more of a buffoon later on. I I, I can't imagine... Any kid thinking Lord Zed is like super super scary. He's he's like intimidating looking, but he he still has that like goofy little Z letter Z on his head. Oh yeah, when it comes down to it, really the truth is parents just don't understand. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it's because you guys weren't like maybe Matt will, will have some memories of this, but uh, it was a thing where the show was like. Parents started freaking out because it was. They said it was too violent. Uh, I, mean, I do luckily, remember that. Yeah. Luckily, luckily, my mom, like, I mean, she was letting me play Mortal Kombat and watch Predator, watching Predator <laughs> when I was in like kindergarten, and I, I turned out fine. Well, I, that's up for debate, I guess. But, um, but yeah, I, I don't know if I can't imagine parents thinking this is super violent. I don't know. It's one of those things that, it. I, I guess they. Do parent, are parents still like this? Because like yeah, this same, they... <laughs> this same time period, it was like Beavis and Butthead, Mortal Kombat, like everything was offending parents everywhere. Matt, you are a parent. Uh, is this? Dude, my my son watches Power Rangers and he's three. Maybe I'm a terrible one, but he 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 watched Turbo with me today. <laughs> Did he at least like it? <laughs> He got bored, which mm-hmm. rightfully so. That movie is so terrible. Segway, by the way, and probably spoiler alert for anybody still listening to the to this episode. Um, Bird, before we move on to the next thing, when we're still slightly in the Lord Zed topic, I have a very important question to ask. Yes. It's something I'm not 100% sure of. Now, Lord Zed was played by Edwin Neal. Is that the same Edwin Neal that played the hitchhiker in Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Oh, my God. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, I really don't think so. Give me a few seconds, okay. and I'll. I'll. I, I mean, that would be the because be- it's something I've, I've. Every time I see that, like I, I mean to look for it, and I never. I just always kind of forget to. That would literally be. Always- that would literally be the best news I've ever heard, if that were true. Okay. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's true. Well, okay. Damn it! Well. <laughs> here, here is something that's kind of cool. Unless this information is wrong. Edwin Neal, the hitchhiker, the one you're talking about, Trev, he did video game voices of Killer Croc and Two-Face for the DC Universe Online game back in 2011. Oh, nice. And he did some stuff for, for Gotcha Man, which is kind of cool if anybody, if any anime people are Yeah, out I mean, now I'm this. looking him up, and he's, uh, see, I don't feel as bad bringing it up now because it's still relevant. He's done a lot of anime voice work. Yeah, he has, actually. So gotcha really Man cool. is another thing that, uh, when I was a kid, was called G-Force here. Yeah. Um, pretty awesome. But uh, speaking of, I mean, we're we're kind of talking about the transition to Lord Zed and whatnot. Um, so that's also when we had uh, the original Red Ranger Jason, um, the original Yellow Ranger Trini, and the original Black Ranger Zach. Um, who? Okay. Before we get into the the new cast members. Yeah, we haven't even talked about the the characters at all yet. Yeah, okay, let's yeah, let's talk about the original cast. So we we'll include Tommy, but um 
Before all those characters that I just mentioned were replaced, so your original core group of Rangers, favorites, round the table. Um, Trev, you start. Jason. Oh, okay. I, 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 Matt, you start. Sorry. Okay, Jason. Jason. Right. Yeah, Jason, man. Uh, I mean, how do I how do I determine this? Like, I know what I want. I know what my heart wants to say, but uh, <laughs> I guess uh, I mean, let's face it. Let, let's just get this out of the way now because it's something that's going to come up. We all had crushes yes. on Kimberly, right? I mean, absolutely. Just, I still do. <laughs> that was the only reason yeah. I watched. <laughs> yeah, the Pink Ranger is is amazingly hot, um, and she and looks you know, she looks the same. Oh, she looks great. She's now. aged yeah. great, and God, yeah. I don't. This is something I definitely didn't notice when I was eight, but like rewatching some of these episodes, some of the outfits that they put her in, it's a, I, yeah, it's I, a I, like, quite a I, like me and Trev were watching an episode the other day, and like uh, her character is a gymnast, and like they have her in this really tight like spandex outfit, and there's it's one of those spandex like gymnastics outfits that has like little thong thing like. <laughs> And I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, and then at the end, she does that, like, gymnastics routine. And I was just like, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't I can't believe this feel is dirty watching it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, my God. This... Um, but but to, to, but to answer your question, I, I like in more recent years watching it, I honestly have to say my favorite might be Billy, Billy Cranston, who I think is the only one who kind of feels like a character on the show and that you kind of you know he has more of a he has the most rounded personality of any of them i think yeah my favorite was obviously uh kimberly back in the day but on the current rewatch you know being grown up and not being influenced by that uh i i can say by far uh as far as just actual character and somebody that i just find likable on the show by far I'm all about Trini as the uh, Yellow Ranger. She's by far my favorite. Uh, so, I, I'm, I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of happy with this conversation here because we all kind of have different things uh, going here. But, I mean, as an adult, yeah, I could stare at Kimberly's ass all day. Now, <laughs> <laughs> as a kid, I always. Uh, Thought Tommy was the coolest, and you know well, the show like the, the show, show really was designed to make you think. Tommy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I don't know. I still really like Tommy. Maybe it's because I kind of like the fact that that actor was Jason David Frank. Is that his name? Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I just like the fact that he like stuck around for so long, and I I, I think that's like really cool. But. Um, he was like I don't know I, I maybe it's also because the Green Ranger arc is where I came in to being a fan. The Green Ranger arc is what was on when I started watching. So maybe beca- I think that's probably where a lot of that comes from. Um, I am with Goat in that uh, I I did like Trini a lot. I feel like I feel like she's one that doesn't get a lot of like uh, a lot of love. Yeah, it's weird. I really relate to her because I feel like just some of the because, you know, eventually once you get deeper and up in the season one, they start doing those things where everybody kind of gets their own episode. And when they would ever do the kind of Trini centric episodes, I always felt like she she kind of drew me in more, brought more sympathy because she was always seen like the most vulnerable one. Like not in a weak way, but just like her character. I don't know. 
they gave her some good storylines and stuff, yeah. like with the evil and the, doll and everything. Or uh, poor Zach. None of us mentioned him. You know, I was just about to say that, like, now that I, like, whatever, I actually was a big Zach fan originally. Um, you know, Billy was just kind of the nerdy guy, and I felt like Jason and Tommy, they were just trying too hard to be, like, cool guys. I guess because I was older, like, I didn't really fall for that. So, to, to you know, cool, tough guys. So, to me, like, I always kind of was, like, I liked Zach like dancing and stuff and i like the way he did the uh martial arts uh scenes and he would always incorporate a couple like dance steps in there so Man, yeah we, like i i don't want to bury zach we got to talk about how zach the black guy is the black ranger and trini the uh asian ranger is the yellow ranger right like that 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 is very weird and, and like and then they, they always got zach he's always wearing those parachute pants and dancing around they got <laughs> <laughs> but 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 in all fairness, like I don't think Zach was made to dance because of like some kind of weird stereotype, uh, racial stereotype. Like it, Walter Jones does have a really good yeah. background in dancing. And, and I guess whatnot. something you didn't notice until today, he is missing a finger. I never noticed that on all the episodes I watched, <laughs> which I did notice as a kid. Really? Um, yeah. Am I the I'm only one who noticed that? Whenever he, whenever he like morphs, he grows a finger. <laughs> Well, all, well, in the the yellow zoo ranger was a guy. So whenever Trini morphs, she grows like a scrotum. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Trini, uh, horrifically killed in the was it the early two thousands? Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, it was literally just a few years after the after yeah. her run on the decapitated in a a car accident, yeah. right? Very, very, yeah. She was yeah. with some friends, and I think they were, like, on a wedding trip or something. It was, like, around the San Francisco area. It was just a real tragic and bad car accident. Well, the thing about that, that, I mean, obviously it sucks just in general, but uh, she's the only one that didn't really get to enjoy, like, obviously not with people our age as adults and nostalgia being such a big thing. I mean, they have the Power Morphicon, which is the giant convention, and, you know, they do other convention stuff, appearances, too. It doesn't, like, I feel like she kind of, unfortunately, didn't get a chance to kind of relive that glory as, like, a nostalgia icon. Yeah, she did, you know, and I, I kind of wondered about that, and maybe that's, you know, my recent rewatch of the season one or whatnot. Like, maybe that's why I had a little more sympathy for her character. But uh, I kind of wondered, you know, at the time that she passed away, was this something that she was, like, ashamed of? Or it seemed like, you know, because she didn't do a whole lot after she left the show. And I'm just wondering if it was something she regretted in her career or, or if she was, like, bitter about. Because it seemed like a lot of people, and we can get into it a little later, but it seemed like for a little while that some of the other people, they were kind of, like, really eager to leave it in the past and then eventually as time went on and they started getting yeah they've come back around i think she might have had like a cool i don't think she ever would have been like an a-list star but um i know i'm really alone in liking this film but i actually like the second crow movie the crow of angels it's my favorite crow and she's one of she's one of the villains in it and she's actually great in that i think she's Um, amazing yeah. yeah and i and i look at that and you compare how evil she is in that to how wholesome and good she was in power rangers i'm like okay well she had some talent and i think she could have around that time there was a lot of those still kind of like b-level action movies i think she would have had a great career in those in both hero roles and villain roles so yeah it really is a a awful shame that we lost her um and david yost who played billy do you guys know why he ended up leaving the show (laughs) 
<laughs> I, yeah, I do, and I'm kind of shocked that he stayed as long as he did when you it's find out the reason why. Also very unfortunate behind-the-scenes things we have uh, to talk about, but uh, uh, he is gay, and I guess that was very frequent on the set, was that he was bullied around and, and called awful names, and uh, I guess he said the producers used to just like walk up to random cast members and ask like what they thought about him being gay. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, like it was very strange. He just he just left one day and said, you know, I'm I'm done with this. I mean, obviously, you know, we weren't, you know, in the '90s or even early 2000s. We weren't quite as, you know, as a culture, or whatever. Like the sensitivity for the issue was not there. But uh, just even on a working, like you know, level, because he he stayed. He was like the last original cast member. Like he stayed on longer than anybody else. And I don't know how he did it with that constant you know harassment and and i don't i really don't know um uh you know how a lawsuit or like so like really surprised that that wasn't more of a scandal that they're you know getting away with treating uh, a cast member like that i mean to the point that he considered suicide he tried to undergo some kind of uh, like uh, brain reprogramming so he wouldn't be gay anymore i mean did, just did, really he, go, did he go visit Wait, mike he- pence what yeah, I was gonna say, did he do conversion therapy? Like that's yes, he did. Yeah. Oh God. So I think he even if I, I could be misremembering when I was reading his bio, I think he even went through it twice, and then finally, like that's when you know he like whatever he got out of it, he was just like you know this you know I just gotta accept who I am, and you know he's like I like I don't know a whole lot about his current life, but I know he does conventions and he's embraced. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's he's active on the convention circuit now. I I do know well, that. Not, I mean, it sounds like. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you guys have heard elsewhere, have heard else, but um, it sounds like to me it was always an issue more with like behind the scenes people, and I, I never really heard anything about the other cast members being too like brutal right. with them. And it really seems like he has friends with most of them. And I know him and Amy Jo Johnson in particular. They do a lot of videos together on YouTube and stuff. So yeah. maybe the fact – I think he, now he's a little – he can accept it a little bit more because he only has to deal with the other cast members at conventions, right? He doesn't have to deal with the right. soul producers who are giving him a lot of time. Yeah, I'm just really curious, like, I don't know, like, who it really was and how I, like, I wonder if, like, you know, the people at Saban, though, or, like, like, like you know, I wonder if it was just, like, two or three dicks on the crew or if it was really just everybody, you know, because yeah. it's, like, I don't, like, I mean, not to be, like, whatever, you know, but but even when I was a kid watching the show, like, I kind of knew that, you know, he was, the, you know, the actor, not the character, but, like, I kind of always had that feeling, and like, you think they would have known that because I'm sure, you know, unless they just are really threw all the actors for the original cast together, you think they would have, like, you know, especially in the entertainment industry, when you're dealing with young actors, like, there's, there's a lot of, you know, gay actors out there. You think they just would have been, like, more up, you know, if, if they were really that prejudiced or whatever, you, mm-hmm. you think they would have casted him at all originally, you know? Um, also worth noting that Billy Cranston, named after Brian Cranston, who, I mean, we all know and love Brian Cranston, and, uh, this show gave us Brian Cranston, he was a voice actor for some of the monsters, and now he's the new Zordon. Uh, speaking yeah, it of... it all comes full circle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Speaking of where, uh... <laughs> Where are you? Do you guys like Zordon? Do you guys understand what Zordon is? Because <laughs> Zordon I... makes Zordon is like so bizarre. Uh, and then in yeah. you, and then in the movie when you find out that Zordon is actually like a little shriveled up old man in the tube. I don't. I just. I don't 
He's in a tube. I always thought he, like, when I originally watched the show, and obviously I missed episodes, so I never really knew for sure, but I always thought he was, like, um, like an artificial intelligence being within the computer of the, you know, the base or whatever. I know, yeah, I never really took him to to be a actual physical person but i guess he really was well i i think the story is he was like an ancient warrior and then he got like imprisoned in the tube how it projects his face is some another matter entirely <laughs> yeah also too um i got a like uh i guess i kind of just blended it together at the time but but you know Kind of around the time, like, I was getting out of high school, I kind of got off the Power Rangers bandwagon, and I kind of uh, got onto the VR Troopers bandwagon, which was, oh, like, boy. you know, yeah, <laughs> it, it was really, like, and I don't, I, like, at the time, I'm like, this is so dark and cool, you know, even though I'm older, this is so much, That's you know, a I deep can still cut, enjoy bro. it. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, they did like a fake Zordon to hit a, um, a an older black man who was like in the computer and he talked like very flat, like more like a robot, like, you know, even more robotic than Zordon. And um, I don't know. So like in my mind, just like the guy, the professor from VR Troopers and Zordon were kind of the same deal. But, you know, I guess I wasn't the case. Also, like VR like... Troopers had a had a dog that, uh, that talked. Yeah, was. Yeah, he talked like Jack Nicholson, actually. And and uh, it also had the the villain was like an evil millionaire with a pet iguana. It's like Donald Trump yeah. with an iguana, basically. Yeah, well, it was no, it was it was more modeled after Gordon Gecko from Wall Street, right, I'd right. say. But yeah. I feel like uh, when I was like, even when I started watching Power Rangers too, Zordon always reminded me of um, Master Control from Tron. Like it just <laughs> kind of. <laughs> So that'd be a great like uh, versus movie, the Zordon versus Master Control. Just these two like kind of floating heads staring at each other. <laughs> do you guys remember Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad? Yes, I do. Yeah. Which was a Subaraya <laughs> show that was not a I, Toei show. I freaking love that! I, I love that show for all like two up two. And then there was then there was the Amer- There was an all American made like cash in tattooed teenager tattooed. God damn it, Trev! What's this bullshit called? Oh, tattooed teenage teenage alien fighters from Beverly Hills. Yes, which was really bad, but that was not. Was that a live action show? Yeah, it it wasn't an adaptation of a Japanese show like the other ones we talked about. It was made in house in Hollywood, a hundred percent American production that was basically the same concept. Here, let me read you the plot. It's a low budget kid show with four alien fighters recruited by Nimbar. The four are Gordon, Lori, Drew, and Swinton, who fight to save the universe from evil Emperor Gorganus. That sounds brutal. Um, And then uh, Saban also tried to bring... Because VR Troopers was based on... Jeez, I don't know. It it was also a Toei show. I don't remember that. But then they did Beetleborgs, which was based on the Toei Metal Hero show, which I never got into. Um, And then there was... uh, um, they tried to bring Masked Rider, which is like the their version of Common Rider. Now yeah. that's one where it really probably didn't work because Common Rider, at least the first couple of series, it eventually got into the silly Power Rangers territory. But like they were almost like gothic cyberpunk horror. So uh, I don't think that lasted long. But basically, the point is everyone was trying to replicate 
and find the next Power Rangers, which I don't think... I'm surprised that you didn't get more into Beetleborgs as a kid, Bird, just because beyond having like the Power Rangers kind of feel, it also had like the Universal Monster. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, well, that was kind of when I was getting out of Power Rangers. I was kind of growing out of Power Rangers, so I just never got into it. But, um... But yeah, no, like they 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 hung out in like a haunted mansion with like yeah, and had that Jay Leno like Frankenstein and yeah, and there was a mummy <laughs> I think yeah, and a werewolf and vampire. Um, now uh, getting back to I guess a few minutes ago, at least when I was a kid, there was a kind of a controversy because I feel like a bunch of kids I know that watched the show stopped watching when Zach Trini and Jason left to go to the peace summit overseas <laughs> uh, which is kids show talk for they were having contract and pay disputes um and they were replaced by aisha an african-american girl now taking the place of the yellow rangers uh and then an asian guy named adam taking the place of the black rangers so right there it's less racist um and then we have rocky taking place the place of jason the red ranger and uh let me I, let me tell you, you know I, I I'm neutral on Adam and Aisha, but let me tell you that Rocky is no Jason. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. he's definitely not. Although yeah, he was... is responsible for one of our favorite episodes of all time. Yeah, um, which we, I guess do, do you guys remember the episode Rocky just wants to have fun? No, but 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 I don't know. Like I was fine with Johnny Bosch took over as Black Ranger, but I thought I thought the other two were brutal. <laughs> Aisha has no personality. Yeah, yeah, she's just like blank. Yeah, I actually think uh, out of that group, I think Adam is actually by far the best one. And I feel like in my head, from the little I remember of following any of this, I feel like fans accepted Adam pretty quickly. Like he seemed like he became a favorite. Well, you know, is, is uh, isn't that uh, actor like? Was he pro? Was he as prolific then when they got him? Probably. I don't not. know about that, but he, but he's definitely afterwards become uh, like for anime fans, he's huge. He's a, a big voice actor in the anime yeah, world. He's, yeah, he's he's definitely the most accepted one. I don't remember the other ones like really at all. <laughs> to be honest, <laughs> yeah. With they, yeah, they. I don't. I, I don't know how to put this into words or describe this, but he <laughs> was like, he looked like he 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 might have been on like. The second, like, like just under the people who were cast in the original run, like he he looked, he seemed like he could have been a runner up, and he was very like, he actually was a martial artist, so he was very credible in the role. The other two just looked like people who, you know, I don't know, maybe got out of a couple acting classes or for whatever reason, like they were just too green. Like I don't even for a kid show like Power Rangers, I don't think they were ready really for what it took to, uh, you know, film such a. Uh, an intensive schedule and, and, and have that much lines and whatever. They, they just were not experienced enough is the way I always took it. Um, Matt, did you ever watch Rocky just wants to have fun? I, I feel like I've seen that episode, but it's been so long. Like it's I, great. I, it's the one where Rocky becomes <laughs> obsessed with that pachinko machine and just can't stop playing it. If you've ever seen that famous gif of like the red Ranger, just kind of like running by to their power Rangers in a really weird way. And them all looking after him like, what the hell? That's from that episode. <laughs> all about how even when they go into battle, Rocky is just too obsessed with having fun, and he doesn't well, want to well, like. Because of course he's under a spell. Lord. Well, Z. speaking of favorite episodes, I think my my top two are the one with the terror toad, and then of course the one where uh, Billy and uh, Kimberly are like evil, or like they're oh. they're punks. 
that's the, oh, that that's a great episode. Yeah, and that that's actually the episode that we watched the Japanese original version of. And it's, it's actually pretty similar. Yeah, it's it's almost exactly the same. Really. Yeah, it's pretty pretty. Uh, well, that in the the Green Ranger arc would, would would be that that's a great those that's a great arc. Yeah, the Green but uh, the Green Ranger arc is of course. I mean, I remember even like even as I was someone watching it. Ironically, I remember that being such a big deal on TV when it was happening. I think I remember like. TV guy yeah. writing about it and like all this like promotion for it. And people were it so into huge. it. Um, I gotta, I gotta say my favorite, you know, he, he had his episode and came back later, like, you know, a few dozen episodes later, but I was, you know, my favorite person, I'm really all about the pudgy pig. Art. <laughs> pudgy pig is Dude, the great. pudgy pig yeah. is awesome. I, used I, to love, have I the love the toy. episode where he eats the whole world. Yeah. I used to have the toy and it did come with food. And then like, you'd open up like a little trap door and it's, but and like, yeah, the the great thing about Pudgy Pig is it's not even a pig monster. It's just a pig's head with arms and legs. Like it doesn't exactly. have a body. It's a pig with a Spartan helmet and arms and legs. Which a Spartan helmet? That's, that's the best. <laughs> can we? Can, we haven't really talked about it. But can we talk about the toys a little bit? Yeah, the original toy line sucked, man. I, like I never. I used to. I wasn't a big enough fan to get them. But like when you looked at them, they looked like. Like they would fall apart in two seconds. Yeah, just like I, I had a I had a shit ton of them. The monster toys were always like way more like detailed and then the like the the ranger toys were like blocky and weird. Um, yeah, they were. And you know the the monster they had toys, weird joints on them. Yeah, the the monster toys weren't too much different different from like the Bandai like Godzilla thing. And these were Bandai toys, which is part of the reason why I bring that up. But um. I used to have a quite a few of them. Um, what ones did I have? I had like the piranha, piranha, something, piranha don, whatever the piranha one is. Oh, I had Rhino Blaster. That was the soccer playing, <laughs> the soccer playing Rhino monster that played like electric guitar. I had him. Wow! <laughs> Can't believe they made a uh, toy out of him. <laughs> Does anyone? How, did anyone else here besides me fans of uh, the pumpkin wrapper? Oh, oh yeah, dude. Was great. The wrapping pumpkin is great. Yeah, and what was the? They did one with the Frankenstein monster, right? Wasn't that like a Halloween episode? Yeah, it was. Could be. I remember there was like a skeleton one too, who kind of looked like a biker skeleton. The, ha- the ha- wasn't the the yeah there was that too. Wasn't bird? Wasn't the uh, Frankenstein one? They thought it was Tommy because he was like. That was his costume, but it really was a real Frankenstein. Yeah, because it was like they were having a Halloween restaurant. party. Yeah. I would love the episodes where they would just take something and turn them into my. Like, I remember when Lord Zed turned uh, Kimberly's lipstick into a monster. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. And then they did one where it was like her purse, and that was like became purse head. There was one where they did a. Uh, um... A trash can, like, not a trash can, but, like, um, a sewer, uh, what do they call the, the lids on the sewers? The manhole cover. Manhole cover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was one where they, they just turned a manhole cover into a monster. Why? Who knows? There was one, remember, like, um, Grumblebee? Which was because Billy, Billy got a B on a test, and he was, like, really felt, really felt bad about it, yeah. so Rita made the Grumblebee <laughs> to go after him. Do you remember Goofish? Uh, not off the top of my head. <laughs> Goofish was I don't know I the name I don't understand the name. The Goofish was the fish monster that 
they made when they found out Billy was had like a a, a horrible like crippling fear of fish. <laughs> I remember that episode. I, I, I'm blanking on what the monster looked like though. I, I personally still think Ivan Ooze is a terrible villain. Oh, he's the oh, worst. I like <laughs> Ivan Ooze. Um, And then uh, for those of you that stuck with Mighty Morphin even longer, sadly, we had to say goodbye to Kimberly, who was replaced by Kat, who I think Uh for some portion of the show could actually turn into a cat. I don't really unless my memory is, is absolutely gone insane. Um, okay, no, yeah, she had the, uh, Rita Repulsa made her an evil spy and gave her powers to turn into a cat. Yeah, that's stupid. Anyway, so, um, okay, so, so Matt brought up Ivan Ooze. Um, I mean, I, I mean, this has just been a nostalgia fest for the, the original Mighty Oh, Mighty wait, you know what I just realized? The, the skeleton guy was talking about was Rita's brother. Remember, uh, Rita oh, Revolta. yeah, yeah. He kind of, like, came in as, like, another bumbling sidekick, and, like, uh, yeah. for a while, <laughs> for a while, do you remember that him and Goldar moved in with Bulk and Skull? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Like, yeah. they lived together? <laughs> yeah. They were, like, oh, they were, like, they had to work for them, right? They had to, like, uh, be their butlers, kind of? Yeah. Yeah. That should just, someone needs to bring that back. Is like a well, we haven't. Let's just quickly talk about Balkan Skull because we haven't mentioned them, and I think that's oh, the yeah. important yeah. Uh, element of the show. Now, where are you guys at on Balkan Skull? Do you like the Balkan Skull scenes? Is uh, a kid, I didn't like them. I mean, this is weird because I guess it's like it happened in reverse. As a kid, I thought they were annoying. I I didn't like the goofy humor, the dumb music, and as, now as an adult, like it's so dumb that I kind of like it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm on with you. I like to me what sold it was the music. Like it got to the point that they always show up and the music plays, and the music is like such carnival garbage music. Like I actually get excited when they come on. Is like, is like my girlfriend gets mad because she can't hear the show because I'm just sitting there going, if I can like 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 shuffle around in the in the on the couch and stuff. Because like they always come in, they have like the most over exaggerated body language. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I think the show needs them actually. Like, I th- I think that the they they make the 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 human sequences actually that that's what brings the show together. Without them, the, everything else would be kind of dull and boring. So I I think you kind of need them to make everything else work. Yeah, um... <laughs> I, I feel like we, it's weird we should just we should like... just have that music playing in the background of this whole episode. <laughs> <laughs> but like I always found it we like I always found like their role in the show and all honesty kind of like ill-defined because some episodes they're like bullies and some episodes like they're like they're actually good sympathy people. for them <laughs> yeah because, they're like, they're they're like friends like, the in other episodes get made fun of at school you know what I mean like at the yeah. be- like the they're they're portrayed as like bullies but then like every now and then they'll be like doing an activity with them like the movie opens up they're going skydiving with everyone. So I don't know. I do remember. Well, yeah, and when you get like later on into the run too, like one of the later shows, it's actually in the uh, Forever Red episode. You see that they now kind of like are very. Um, they're the ones who like bring the phone to Tommy, and they're very like deferential to him. Like you know, like they've they've just like given up being like antagonists, and they're like, yeah, we're just like sidekicks now. Um, they they uh, it's funny. I remember like when the to- they they were, they were never Balkan Skull toys, but. 
I think they put out, I don't know what it was, maybe it was like a little stamp set that you could get with like the little little plastic figures and on the bottom there's stamps. I think it was it was something like that, if not stamps, maybe stickers or stickers or something. But uh, there there, I remember they put out this series of sticker or stamp like products, and uh, it was broken up into like Power Rangers. So you had all your Rangers, then you had your evil space aliens. So they had like Rita and the monsters. Then Bulk and Skull were in there as evil space aliens. <laughs> That's well, you know, they, do you, you guys know also that they were supposed to get a spinoff, right? Really? Oh, I did not cool. know that. Yeah, I did know I, that, but I can't remember the... What, what I, was so the I, I, behind I it? I just looked it up, and I, so it says, around the time of Zio, Saban planned to make a Balkan Skull comedy spinoff show where they would run a hotel. Mexican Elvis impersonator was going to be a supporting character. Um, Saban canceled the plans, but this is the reason why the characters were turned into chimpanzees in Turbo, as the actors who were playing them were busy shooting the pilot for their spinoff. I do remember when they briefly turned into monkeys. That sounds like a horrible show. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? I would have watched it, and I'd probably rewatch it now. Well, uh, Trev, you actually met Bulk. um, What's the actor's name? Because someone has to get it right. Uh, Paul Schreer. Yeah, you you met him uh, at uh, one of the Power Rangers Rangers panel at uh, San Diego Comic-Con. We were waiting in line to get into it, and he just happened to walk by us. Um, and I was like, oh, I think that's Balk. And he heard me and came over and talked to us for a while um, before the panel. And as I've told you, I, you know, I have a picture with him. He was awesome. He's one of those guys who, you know, you, like, go, you're right, that I, I definitely think some of the actors involved in this franchise do it and then move on. He's a guy who uh, clearly never gave up um, the love for it. He, I mean, Balk and Skull stayed on for a long time, too. They were in multiple versions yeah. of the show. And he's remained a big like proponent of it, and he just seems so excited to be there and so excited to like talk to to fans. And uh, it was kind of it was kind of a thing where you like where you talk to someone like that, and you can't even bring up the fact that you like it ironically because his yeah. heart is so clearly in it, you know. And like, and the, I think he knows, you know what I mean. The most yeah, recent show, he is he's still on the show as bulk. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, it's one of those things where I mean. I mean, maybe not in acting, where it's, but it is one of those things where, like, if he didn't enjoy playing Bulk at this point in his life, he wouldn't be doing it, probably. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, just as a quick diversion, Trev, do you remember, you, you had a, a, a nice story about him during the panel where uh, he, he kind of came to the defense of a young fan, correct, who, who, who liked Bulk, right? Is that how it went? Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. I don't remember this at all. You apparently remember this panel that I was at more than I do. <laughs> Classic bird. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's in an episode of If It Bleeds uh, way back. It was the coverage episode we did of this Comic-Con, but basically the point was there was a, a kid um, who I think the story was people on the playground used to call him Bulk because he was a fat kid um and then he he ended up saying to the kid like no like bulk is awesome and here's why and you know you know bulk is like you can just be yourself or something is any of this ringing a bell not i mean not that particular but now that you're saying it i do remember like you know i really hadn't thought about this panel a long time but i do remember that he was like by far the most vocal energetic person on the panel and and did a, you know and was very lively during the fan q and I don't really remember that particular exchange but I'll take your word for it that it happened 
I just rem- I'm remembering events you go to better than you are at this point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, uh, so in the middle of Power Rangers madness, uh, I mean, now we, I guess, you know, th- this has just been a big nostalgia fest for the show, really. Um, so we have, uh, obviously, they, they want to make a movie out of anything this huge. So that's when the, I guess, big budget Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, the movie, is unleashed upon the world in 1995. Um, And uh, it was at a point where they were no longer, uh, Toei were getting ready to do the next show, which was, I believe, it's called Ninja Sentai Kaku Ranger, where I... If, in case you can't tell, they were pretty much ninjas instead of, you know, the Power Rangers that you're familiar with. Um, so the, sh- the movie is basically transitioning into that, but for some reason the movie is not canon, and the show transitioned them to the Ninja Rangers in a completely different way. So the movie is not canon. I don't really know why, but... Um, so, who saw this in the theater? I Me? Did. did we did we all see it in the theater? I did not. This is, this is the first one, right? Yeah. 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 I, I I did, and because I wasn't like really up to date on the TV show, I was a little confused, like where the storyline was. <laughs> I think if even if you were up to date, you'd be confused. <laughs> Most um, likely. But we have Tommy, Kimberly, Billy, Aisha, Adam, and Rocky. That's our team. Does um, it bum you guys out that this is like a real like um? You know, like, I'm more of a Mike fan than a Joel fan on Mystery Science Theater. But it always kind of bummed me out that Joel didn't get to be in the movie. Because, like, you know, he created the thing. So is it a little, like, disappointing you guys that the movie doesn't have the original cast? Oh, big time. Uh, yeah. A as a bit. kid, I didn't care. But, I mean, as an adult, it you know, a cameo or something would have been nice, probably. Yeah. Um, now... We'll touch on, like, the crazy behind the scenes in a minute, because the, the... So, the premise is, uh, Lord Zed, who is now married to Rita, right? And, um, he has Goldar, and, uh, Squat and Babu are nowhere to be found. Instead, we have a pig creature named Mordant, who we've never seen before or since. Uh, and, uh, they want to dig up this ancient villain named Ivan Ooze uh, to help them, but he ends up trapping them. Do you remember why? Trev, do you remember why? Why did they start yelling? At, why did they did not get along? Uh, well, I mean, you put a bunch of villains together, they're not going to get along. Haven't you watched Batman? <laughs> well, <laughs> point taken. Uh, anyway, his, uh, his, his plan is to turn everyone into zombies to build giant robots for him. Um, so he can take over the world, do evil things. Anyway, yeah, this, this movie, like this movie, to me, like, and I understand, like the the cast members had left the show already, but the movie to me felt the most like the original Transformers, the movie cartoon, where like as a kid you're like, oh, there's a you know there's a Transformers movie, and then you go 
and you realize that the movie only exists to like transition you to all these like new characters and new toys you're supposed to buy. That's <laughs> right. kind of what the the, the, the Morphin Power Rangers movie remind me of. That's so pretty good. Kind of, uh, that's pretty dead on. It's totally. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so uh, I guess he makes this stuff that's kind of like Gak. That uh. Oh man, Gak! That's going way back. Oh yeah, dude. We're we're bringing the nostalgia for this one, man. Uh, I used I, to throw that crap at the wall. It would just like stick to everything. And I guess it turns the kids' parents into zombies, so they can be slaves to build these robots. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's the the premise. I, I guess um, the Power Rangers uh, they lose their their uh, powers when Ivan Ooze. Break the breaks Zordon's tube, and yeah. I guess I guess for some reason that incapacitates the, <laughs> the Rangers. And a little shrivel man falls. <laughs> so too. they they have to go to another planet. Um, but like instead of killing Zordon, he just leaves him there. <laughs> What's that about? So they so they go to another planet where they meet this uh, hot Australian woman who teaches them the ways of the ninja. I guess. Dulcia. Yeah, right? And then she turns mm-hmm. into an owl and leaves them there. And uh, then they, they... I feel s- like we could we could spend like 10 minutes talking about how, how hot she is, though. Like, uh, Yeah, yeah. And uh, she was like, the costume she wears, that was definitely like, uh, you know what? Dads are going to be bringing their kids to see this. Let's give them something to look at. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, we'll get into some behind-the-scenes madness with Dulcia in a minute. Uh, so she assigns everyone new... Uh, I guess motifs. So Aisha is now instead of uh, you know saber tooth tiger blah blah blah, she has the bear. Billy's the wolf. Rocky has the ape. Kimberly has a crane. Tommy has a falcon, and Adam has a frog. And those are also in corresponding to their uh, their new Zords and their little power coins with the animals on them. Um, and that's where we get our new Zords and our new toys, um, which I, I got for my birthday that year. Uh, I believe, I, I think I saw this on my birthday because it came out June 30th wow. and I know I got all the toys at one point. Um, uh, apparently Ivan Ooze is a morphological being. Uh, I don't know what that means. Well, I, I according to Wikipedia, it's a shapeshifter, but, uh, like the, right. the movie really uses that term. Like it's something like they walk up to people and say, Hey, did you see him? Have you seen a morphological being around here? Um, <laughs> Well, that was like a big BS thing in action movies back then. And I think it all started with Shao Kahn from Mortal Kombat. And then you had like Mario Van Peebles and uh, Highlander 3. Like every villain around that 93 to 95 time period, they all had to be able to to change shape into other people and stuff. Uh, Anyway, yeah. No, that yeah, that's true. Like, um... There was, like, the X-Men cartoon was big. I remember Mystique being, like, a big part of Mm -hmm. a lot of that. Um, So, uh, when the Power Rangers get back to Earth, they uh, find that all the adults are zombies, and all the kids uh, are not zombies, and uh, one precocious young boy uh, is trying to warn everyone that their parents are zombies, and then we get to our finale. So, uh, (laughs) like, uh, I saw this in the theater, and a few of you saw it in the theater. I think everyone but Trev. Um, I was by myself, by the way. I was in the back row 
by myself, and I think there was only like (laughs) pretty much, but I think uh, I think there was like only like maybe like two people and their kids like in the middle, kind of in the middle of theater. But yeah, I was definitely. So, like, th- like this was very much, you know, a theatrical experience for me in the same way that Spice World was. That was another <laughs> one I was by myself in the back row of the theater for. Um, well, you know, Goat, if you ever want to, if you want to revisit this movie on a '90s uh, podcast, I'll do it. Oh man, you, please! Oh, yes. oh, for sure. I mean, I, I could spend the whole running time talking about the upgraded special effects from the TV, you know, compared to the TV show. Well, that's the thing, like, like earlier when you said that it seemed designed just to make the, just to make new toys. I mean, there's no denying that, but I think like if it, that's like the big takeaway from this movie, like, right. Like, even though I didn't see the theater and you guys did, I remember when it came out, that being like the weird thing about it, right. I was looking at that and being like, Hmm, this, well, I mean, it doesn't look great, but Oh look, their suits are like armor now. And it seems to be like a little bit more real looking, and what? it just felt like it was no. kind of like an attempt to legitimize Power Rangers. I'm not saying a successful attempt, Matt. I'm saying like that's what they were going for. <laughs> there, there are attempts to make it more cinematic. That's what he's. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't even know if I agree with that. It, it's my PlayStation. My the PlayStation Two has better attempts at making things look cinematic. Well, well, well let's not. Well, I, yes, the CG. We're, is you're, we're arguing intent versus like execution, though. Yeah. The CG is bad, especially by today's standards. Ooh, Lord. Um, I mean, there's some decent, like, animatronic and practical work. Um, But, I mean, just in general, I think from a technical level, you know, uh, as far as how the the look of the movie feels less like a TV show. Mm -hmm. Does it? I'm not sure that I agree with that. It's so bad. Like, for for a movie that has a, a budget that's bigger than a Godzilla film... I mean, it had like a fifteen million dollar budget. It looks atrocious. I, I I can't I can't say that I that I agree with you guys at all on that. No, yeah, like I'm I'm with Matt because it looks like what it kind of reminds me of when you look at the visual look of it. It looks like a um, like a music video off of MTV, like from that time period. That like like yeah, it shot better than like you know the kids show or whatever. But it's like it's trying to be cinematic. But it's it's still but it looks, really it, like it looks you know. to me like you guys are when you're saying like atrocious and stuff. I'm like, yeah, we can look at it and laugh and say it looks bad. But I, it looks to me entirely comparable to every other kind of kids fantasy action movie of the time. Like it doesn't look cheaper to me than the, the Turtles movies or like stuff like Star Kid and all that kind of crap around I that time. The, I think the Turtles movies look far better. No, you're this, not. This thing looks on par with Reptilian, aka. Youngery, which is the the remake, and if if anybody's a fan of this, Matt, podcast, we're the only ones here that know what the hell you're. But talking but about. but those these two may not know what that is, but like <laughs> anybody listening to this podcast, you know, like that's how bad the CG in this film is. Oh no, there's no denying that, but I, I think just in in comparison to the show, it it has a, a more. Uh, I'm not, but yeah, and I'm not just talking about the CG. I'm like, look, no one is denying the awfulness of the CG. I'm par- and CG. especially in that final battle. Well, look at the like, look I'm at the Rangers. The overall, I'm talking about the overall look of the film and the scope of it. It's like obviously going for something more. I mean, the battles, you know, in the city look like they're filmed in a city. It's not uh, like when in Angel Grove, you know, you only ever saw the park or Ernie's Juice Bar, and that was kind of it. Well, you know? look at look at the here pl- we the... see a cityscape. Here we see them kind of doing battle on like a big construction site. Well, the the it's, planet it's they big... go to was shot on location, and it's yeah, it's like got more scope in the show. I'm sorry, it does. <laughs> yeah, they never they they never did stuff like that in the show. This is true. Um, 
Okay, so apparently in, a, in a, the original draft of the script... Look, I think this movie is amazing. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to quote Trump wrong. <laughs> Man, he's passionate about this movie. Can't you see? Uh, Mordant... The I'm the only one who owns this movie on DVD, I think. Oh, oh man, that that that's that's ape levels of bad man. I'm sorry. That's that's that is that is bird buying ape twice on DVD. I never, I didn't buy it twice. I bought it once. Yeah, but that's that's still bad. And I bought it for five dollars at Target. This is a, this is worth five dollars. I'd buy. Have you seen Falcia's outfit? Yeah, <sighs> that's just being a hating ass mofo. I don't know. It just the movie rubs me personally the wrong way. Like, <laughs> it really tries no, like it Thank really you. tries to give you yeah. like these these upgraded like versions of everything. And like yes, I obviously it's because it is just matter of fact it's it's bigger budget than the TV show, but it it doesn't for the most part even the cinematography and like the cave and the construction site just the way it is, man. Like it just. It really doesn't look like something that should have been a theatrical wide release movie at all. I mean, all. I agree with you guys, but I guess where where I'm having a hard time like agreeing with you and wrapping my head around this is like I, I guess maybe it's all about like what why we watch this stuff too, right? My point is, as someone who watched the show because it was corny and dumb, why would I not like the movie, which is corny and dumb? Like I love this movie in the same way I love the show, and then I watch it and like this is stupid, but I'm laughing the whole time. It's like the right kind of dumb to me. I'm with them. Like it's it's just it's an entertaining because, corny because, Well, okay. So so my my counter argument to that is they're trying to one up the show, but they fail. If you're trying to one up a yeah. corny yeah, show, they're, and they're you trying do a to one up job, the show. They're trying to one up the show in scope, which they do. But it's not like they're like trying to make. I don't. You don't watch this and like. I don't feel like they're trying to make Lord of the Rings or anything. It's still just a dumb Power Rangers movie. They still yeah. decide to have their villain be called Ivan Ooze and have scenes where he's like running a business. You know, it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's doing but doesn't he, he do like a TV actually, commercial? I mean, what? okay. So, so, the, but their premise is less interesting than the show they're trying to one up. The scope to me is actually instead of being a larger scope, I, f- I feel like it's actually less of it. Like it, nothing they do is better than the show. Like to me, this is a, a movie that that's basically made for TV. Well, that's then who cares? But then, like, why not just enjoy it as like a long episode of the show? Because it's terrible. <laughs> well, I, I think we well, Matt. D- you know what, Matt? Don't worry. Me and Trevor will find a way to throw this back in your face in a couple minutes. Probably. <laughs> um, so Mordant the pig apparently is Goldar's second cousin, three times removed on his mother's side, visiting for the summer. Mm-hmm. Makes uh, sense. And he was replaced in the series by Rito Rivalto. But here's all. Here's Matt saying they didn't put any thought into this. Yeah, come and on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a labor of love, Matt. That's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Um, I'm just, I'm just glad Goat's here to back me up. So, <sighs> uh, I think that uh, I don't. I'm not, I don't think Ivan Ooze can carry the, the the villain portion of this movie very well. I even now I got to defend Ivan Ooze even. You know what? Bird's so, Bird's so inconsistent. He doesn't know what he thinks about the film. He's like, I love this movie, but Ivan sucks. Not a big Ivan News <laughs> guy. He's a horrible, uninteresting, stupid villain. And, and like, where, where Rita's great at those things and Lord Zed is, is, is good at those things, Ivan News fails and falters at those things, in my opinion. Anyway, continue, Bird. Do your whatever. Well, no, I mean, can I take a moment and just defend what I like about Ivan News? Yes, of course. Of course you can, Trev. (laughs) 
and I mean, <laughs> like is a pretty strong word here, right? Because it's not like I don't consider Ivan Ooze to be one of cinema's great villains or anything, right? <laughs> you're you you're the and, only one. <clears throat> I'm the only one that doesn't consider him to be one of cinema's great villains? <laughs> yes. Let's <laughs> go uh, Anyways. Um, and obviously it's like that thing where he said you wish it was the original cast, and you also wonder, like, well, why didn't they have Rita or Lord Zed be the main villain in this? But I guess it was that thinking of they wanted to just feel really different from the show, right, and do something people hadn't seen before. But, I mean, the the thing I like about Ivan Ooze is I'm just kind of always a sucker for when you get kind of real, respectable actors to come in and just play something like this and get to goof off and have fun. And you can tell that actor is having fun. And that's what I like about this. And, I mean, they got a real actor. It's Paul Freeman, who is the villain in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Um a really well-known, really respected British actor. He also played Moriarty in Without a Clue, one of my favorite Sherlock Holmes films. And you can just tell he's having a blast, and I kind of like that. Like, yeah, it's a dumb character, and you, like it's, this plot is stupid. Of course, it's a Power Rangers movie. But he's so silly and so goofy that I, I, I kind of enjoy him. Frank Langella's Skeletor is another one of those. Yeah, well, that's an all-timer right there. I have to say, too, I have more of a problem... With Ivan Ooze's putties than I do Ivan Yeah, the like, Ooze I, things. Yeah, I feel like they make... Because when you see Ivan Ooze, like, he does stand out because he's all purple and he's kind of, like, I don't know, thorny looking. But I feel like when you just make, like, a hundred clones of him or whatever they are, like, I don't know. Like, I think they could have done with, like, just traditional kind of upgraded putties for the movie. And it, it would have looked cooler and it would have made Ivan Ooze better, I think. Was anybody disappointed when you saw it the first time in theaters? Because I was, even as a kid. Uh, I was too dumb, so no. But I still, li- I, I still like it on the same. Bummer of a kid, Matt must have been. Just like ten <laughs> year old kid, and he's like, "This is not smart enough for me." I'm <laughs> I've been down this road before, Matt. You you keep slamming this movie. Eventually, Trev is going to accuse you of being touched as a boy. Come on. You got to lighten up on this movie. He's going to hit you. No, like, like I went into it with no expectations or whatever. In all honesty, I really just went to just stare at Kimberly or whatever. But, like, I will just say that. So so suddenly you seeing it all by yourself is making more sense. Yeah, but, like, in all honesty, like, I was just, after, after, like, probably a good 45 minutes into the movie, like, I remember being at the theater just being, like, kind of done with it, personally, I, like, I, like I was, it kind of ran its course for me, and then I was just kind of waiting for it to be over with at that point, you know, that being said, like, now, like, I can, I can, you know, being older, I can sit through it, tolerate it a lot more, you know what I mean, but at the time, yeah, I was kind of, you know, and I wasn't really engaged fully as a fan then anyway so yeah uh as a kid i liked it um i think i saw it again at the dollar theater um and then uh as an adult i like it in the same kind of fun it's just turn your brain off and get all nostalgia a nostalgic uh mm-hmm. kind of feeling that i get from the show so i'm still on board i, Trev, I feel I'm still like with this you. movie I feel like this movie is more entertaining. And Matt, you can speak to this as someone who has, you know, kids and takes them to see movies. Or I don't know if you're at that point yet. But I feel like this movie is more entertaining, even in a, even if it's in a dumb way, than most like kids movies we get today. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I get, I get what you're saying there. Um, I, we can't, we don't take Lynn to theaters because I, I absolutely hate when uh, 
parents yeah. bring their kids who aren't really prepared to sit through a two-hour film or hour and a half yet. And Lana, Lana's not quite yet, there yet, but um, like th- there's there's a amount of sheer like stupidity in a film that if your kid's ready for like I can see a kid liking the movie. But I think I saw this when I was I would have been like round nine, turning ten, I guess, when it came out. And um, I remember seeing seeing it with me and uh, my brother, who would have been like six or seven, and even he didn't like it. Like it didn't. There was something about it that like lost the mystique of the show. You're all joyless. No, man, that's the thing. Like, it, it's just it didn't it didn't do it for us. And like, I think the thing that that really killed it is you're waiting for that big final battle, and like, you, the the final battle just just was was boring. And, and I now we, we, now we know why this. Now we see why this movie's not canon because all these fans, all these fans like Matt, <laughs> had to complain too much and they had to remove this from canon. It's all your fault. I feel like Ivan Ooze belongs in like House of a Thousand Corpses with that like crazy beard thing that he has on his face. And I personally try- would love if the next Rob Zombie movie was The Devil's Rejects with Ivan Ooze. That would okay, be all, see, no that, wait. The de- I, that, oh wait, I would watch that. Wait, no, no, no. Let, let's remove Ivan Ooze from that. In my head, I just pictured the Devil's Rejects, but with Goldar, Lord Zed, and Rita. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Sound, yeah, I, I, now see, that's a movie that I want to finance like that. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> this movie uh, had its share of production troubles. Um, yeah, I can't wait to hear about this. Okay, so well, first of all. Um, the original director, uh, Steve Wong, dropped out of the movie after three months and was replaced by a guy named Brian Spicer. The great Brian Spicer. You all know him. Um, uh, and uh, I don't really know why, um, but, you know, big studio movie, whatever, things like that happen. Um, I'll, I'll save the most baffling for last. Uh, now... Trev, Trev, no, Trev, you're going to have to help me out a little bit. What was the actress's name? Okay, the Dulcia situation. That's where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. So it was originally cast as the Australian actress um, that we that we got, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So so okay. So so far, my history is is correct. Um, right. And then, Gabriel uh, Fitzpatrick. Okay. Yeah. Who you may know from Jackie Chan's Mr. Nice Guy. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so she was originally cast, and then she had a medical thing. I think she had like an ovarian cyst. She had to get removed or something. So she had to drop out. And then, mm-hmm. okay, so this is where I'm a little foggy. Who was she replaced That's, with? Trev? Okay, and then, so and now if Goat doesn't know this, it's going to blow his mind when I say. Wait, Goat, do you know this? I do not have this okay. information stored right. in my database. Prepare, prepare to just prepare yourself. Prepare for impact. She was replaced by Mariska Hargitay as Dulcia. Really? And Mariska Hargitay filmed for, I believe, a week or so. And at that point, the character, I don't know if it was supposed to be like a more expanded role or whatever, but that the character for Dulcia also had a sidekick that was like this big blue elephant guy that was supposed to be like a dumb kind of, you know, like her version of Goldar, basically. Right. And Mariska Hargitay filmed for maybe longer than a week on the on the movie, but eventually Gabriel Fitzpatrick, whatever medical issue she had, got cleared up. And because she was the first choice, they just decided to kind of bring her back, and um, you know, someone unceremoniously dumped Mariska Hargitay, uh, which is kind of you know that's kind of shitty. But well, um, she had to have been a bigger name. 
right? But but well, did, did, did they like refilm the scenes or no? Yes, or they, they just did. kept so, filming. Yeah, they no, they re, they refilmed the scenes. Um, and if you but uh, a simple Google search will reveal quite you know there's a batch of pictures of Mariska Hargitay in the Dulcia outfit with the cast and with so that, that foot, elephant thing and with that elephant thing and that that footage obviously exists. It's never there's never been like a special edition DVD of this or anything. Obviously, it's because people I like think, Matt and the goat are yeah you're ruining it. See if you guys would get more on board, maybe we could get a special edition where we could see Mariska Hargitay <laughs> as Dulcia. But no, you guys want to complain about it being cheap, or whatever. Um, oh yeah, you, you know what? I mean, they're both amazing, but I gotta say, Mariska Hargitay, I think is hotter as Dulcia. When you uh, look at the pictures, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily disagree. That's a a choice I'd love to have to make. But um, yeah, that, that's uh, that's white people problems right there. Between <laughs> those two. Uh, but I wonder, like, what would uh, if that if this? Uh, I wonder if SVU would have happened if not for this, or you know what I mean? <laughs> Probably would have had a lot even higher ratings. <laughs> um. Okay, so then uh, <laughs> one of the baffling things. Uh, is for some reason, like the producers thought it would be a good idea to have the Power Rangers without the um, the eye the eye part covering the the eye visor and the mouth plate. So they they looked like they were just wearing helmets with holes in them. Yeah. And, so let's make let's be clear here. It's not like what we see in the trailer for the new film where the entire faceplate goes away. No. It was like a really scary kind of... Like, like a hockey helmet type yeah. deal. <laughs> uh, and then, like, after a little while, they they were like, oh, that's not a good idea. We should just film it like they have it in the show with the visor and the mouthpiece, which... I That's common sense. But anyway, <laughs> so then they, they refilmed that with that stuff in. Um... So, uh, yeah, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's especially weird now just because it, it's not canon. Um, however, like the Tengu, which are like, uh, I mean, they're, they're, Tengu are like Japanese, uh, folklore creatures, but they show up in this movie as like Ivan News's henchmen and they showed up later in the show. But like I said, the show went about the whole just getting their ninja powers but, and stuff thing completely Let's, let's be fair here, though, Bird. You keep saying it's not canon, but to all but, like, the most hardcore, super nerdy, like, Power Rangers experts, it doesn't matter that it's not canon. Right. Like, it's not like it's, like, so... It's not like it's so different than everything that you watch, and you're like, oh, wow, I don't get where this fits in. Yeah. You could the, easily the just only watch thing this and have it be part yeah, of the run. The only thing that's weird about it is they did the Ninja Ranger transition on the show like they could have just yeah. left it a like we'll we'll get to like um weird continuity stuff later but yeah i mean that's why some fans are you know another reason why some fans are down on it because they look at it as like a it's not a valid um like i guess a valid addition to it or whatever just because it's you want to complain about that too matt <laughs> i do <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't really care. Well, in, in in all fairness, you know, and I think it's kind of where you alienate the, the fans of television shows. Like, I remember there was like a real effort to be like, you know, this isn't for the you know for the TV fans. This is for movie fans. This is for a whole nother world. So it kind of doesn't even really surprise me that they then just went back and did a whole nother explanation for the TV show about the ninja thing. You know what I mean? 
Um, yeah. Like, for example, how does it make you guys feel that uh, when the Power Rangers morph, they eat the, the order that eat, they go in is different from the show? Oh, my God. How does yeah, it... I don't, Trev? That don't bother me at Trev, all. how does it make you feel that uh, in the show, when Tommy morphed, he said Tiger Zord, but in the movie he says White Tiger? How does that make you feel, huh? I'm going to be 100% honest here. I've probably watched all, at, at various points, I'm sure I've watched like all 130 or whatever episodes of the show, and I guarantee you when I watched the movie, I didn't even notice any of these things you're talking about. <laughs> huh. Um, yeah. Oh, one sequence I do like, and the haters in the room, I want to get your opinion. Uh, how, do you, how did you like the when they're fighting the giant skeletons? Because that is all like animatronic and giant puppets and stuff, and I, th- I think it's a fun scene. It's it's probably the most interesting scene in the movie, but that's not yeah. saying much. Uh, uh, excuse me, the skydiving scene with the Red Hot Chili Peppers music. Every time <laughs> I hear that Chili Peppers song, I think of this movie. How often <laughs> are you hearing that Chili Peppers song? <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, yeah, well, we up. hear it a lot. We hear it a lot around my household because my girlfriend has a soundtrack from when she was a kid, and we were blasting the CD not too long ago. So it is a pretty rocking soundtrack for a cheaply produced Power Rangers movie. Do you remember the by where the, uh, by where the money went? Yeah, the the uh oh we're in trouble song. Oh yeah, uh oh we're <laughs> in trouble. Don't come along and burst our bubble. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you, yeah, you, should, I, you should you should probably end this episode with that song <laughs> by oh, shampoo man. the group shampoo are they still yeah, who can forget shampoo yeah i mean that was just the first of their many hits over the years <laughs> even van halen was on the soundtrack oddly enough right yeah, yeah and it's a it's a van hagar uh it's a sammy hagar one right i thought it was like jump or something Trev, we just watched it. What was it? No, I'm, I'm pretty. Dun, I'm pretty sure it is a fan dun, of Hagar. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, sorry, <laughs> I got carried away. Um. Uh, now, uh, again with this movie. Um, so we talked about the soundtrack. Uh, we listened to these guys just poo-poo all over it. Um, the Ninja Turtle soundtrack was better, by the way. Oh, was, I'm sorry. I just, I just, I had to find another. Was it really? Was it really? Matt, let me let Matt, Matt, <laughs> on the spot. What's a better movie? Uh-oh. Any more from Power Rangers the movie or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Secret of You? Ooh. Ninja Turtles 2, man. Oh, come on. No, I gotta agree. I gotta agree with that, Trev. And, and, and Secret of the Ooze, by all means, is a toilet dive in quality from the first <laughs> film. But... Toilet dive. No, yeah, you're right. It was a Van Hagar song from 1986, and this film came out in 1995. <laughs> what? What? Um, Why do they license such an old song? <laughs> I don't know. That's bizarre. Matt, can you at least give me uh, Power Rangers over Turtles 3? Well, oh, yeah, well, yeah, but, I mean, it, I'd have to be, like, actually crazy to not. Turtles 3 is terrible. See, I'm not even that harsh on Turtles 3 just because I felt like Turtles 2 set the bar so low that it is kind of whatever is Turtles 3 is. Like, I, I think there's worse things out I there. Will take, I will take Three Ninjas over this movie. Do you guys remember Three Ninjas? Uh, I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw, you remember I saw the that. Three over, three ninjas I'll take, take uh, Three Amigos over Three Ninjas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Three am- well, no, but <laughs> <laughs> Three Amigos is a great movie. <laughs> What about I would three? actually take Three Amigos over all these movies, in all honesty. What about Surf Ninjas? 
I didn't get no, to that, I don't appreciate Rob Schneider crashing the genre <laughs> like that. <laughs> I remember there was even Surf Ninja video games, and I'm like, why? When you say Surf Ninjas, I just think of butthole surfers. I, I don't even... Oh, I love the butthole surfers. <laughs> um, did this come... It, I'm looking at the box office, so... It opened up in fourth behind Apollo 13, Pocahontas, and Batman Forever. Oh, man. Batman Forever is bad. Uh, hey, well, I like Batman Forever. It, I, I it opened against Apollo out. 13, but the other two were already out. But it did grow $66 million domestic on a $15 million budget, so good for them. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it did okay box office-wise, but I remember there not being much of a hype behind this movie at all. It no, was I just agree, big. and I... It's probably. It sounds like it's kind of clever counter programming to something like Apollo 13, but I mean, what I remember is that it really did feel like it was coming out at a time where I, I bet it began production at a time when the Power Rangers was still a really big deal, and I felt like by the time it came out, it was kind of uh, on a downslide a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, really especially with the, felt, especially like... with the cast change, you know. All right. So how many? Um, ooh, what's a good scale for this one? How many? Uh, How many Dulcias out of five? Since there was <laughs> a bunch of them. <laughs> uh, I want to find a way to fit purple ooze into the equation. Trevor, How many bottles of ooze? <laughs> <laughs> how many? How many bottles of purple gack ooze do you give this out of five? Who? Uh, I want to hear everyone else go first. I'll go first. I want to. I'm going to. And I'll honestly, I want to say it is a two out of five, and that sounds really brutal. But I just see it as, you know, the the chemistry of the cast makes it watchable, but kind of the special effects and some other things, you know, kind of keep it from being really truly all the way through entertaining to me. Ah, <sighs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go one. God it's damn. It's a crappy movie, man. God, man, what? One? I mean, look, I'm not. I'm, <laughs> one is so like. I will give it. I will give it a a a one point two five because it's not Shin Godzilla bad, but it's not good. One and a quarter. Yeah, man. Oh man, Trev, we got to turn the tides here. You know, <laughs> I was gonna go with a two and a half, but no, you you cannot you cannot like up the ante just because you don't like my rating. That's not how this works. Trev, tre- tre- is that true? <laughs> you can't give a fake rating and try to balance out Matt's low rating. Fine. Fine. I'll... You, are, you are fake news. This is what... The... <laughs> Fine. I'll stick with the two and a half. It's the right kind of fun, bad movie that I enjoy, and it gives me nostalgic, uh, you know, feelings to way back when I was just a little guy. Uh, so I still enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I'll go to bat for it still. I'm going to give it a two and a half on those grounds. It's not the most well-made movie, but I still have fun with it and uh, brings back memories. Trev? Yeah, no, that's where, I mean, that's where I'm at. I, look, uh, yes, as a movie itself, like in terms of quality and everything, it's probably a two out of five generously. Um, on a level of getting the kind of entertainment I want out of it, I'd probably say like a three out of five. So I'll split the difference and give it a two and a half. Uh, I mean, it's got the villain doing a TV commercial selling ooze and jars dressed as a wizard. That's that's a fun movie. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, 
I think the poster is awesome, though. I don't know why even I have that. I have that poster. That poster is pretty awesome. I love the poster. Yeah, yeah it's just like a cool that. piece of you know Power Ranger artwork. You know? Trev, do you have like do you have like a full like theater size poster of it? No, I've got a I've got a mini one, but uh, it's it's still nice. All right. Um, okay, so then obviously. The only reason we're really talking about this is because it was a theatrical feature, a legit theatrical feature. Um, at this point, I think none of us were paying much attention to the show. But going back, going into 1997, we have Turbo, a Power Rangers movie, which is literally what uh, everything that Goat and Matt accused the last movie of being. Where uh, I mean, it, I did just really quickly. I did just say earlier that I stuck with the show up through Turbo. Well, Rocky, Rocky, Adam, and Tommy are around still. Tommy is the Red Ranger. Uh, Adam is the Green Turbo Ranger. Uh, a new one named. No, 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 Tommy. no, no, no. You're getting this wrong. They're not the Turbo Rangers at the beginning of the movie. They're the Zeo Rangers. Are they the same color? Zeo Rangers as they are Turbo Rangers. I believe so. Does anybody know? Okay. Yes. (laughs) Um, It does carry over uh, most of the cast that I left off with. So, um, okay, so Tommy is red, and he's the leader. Um, Rocky is green. Um, No, Rocky's blue. Cat is still pink. Um, Who's blue? Rocky's blue. Okay. So Rocky goes from blue to... What are you doing? What is happening right now? This isn't that confusing. (laughs) Well, the new kid becomes... Yeah, yeah, because Rocky gets hurt at the beginning. Uh, So in the series, did Rocky ever come back? Or was this movie like him saying, like, peace, peace out? We literally had this discussion while we watched Turbo, like, a couple weeks ago. This was pretty much his, like, peace out. I think he came back for like a little, like a few episodes maybe after this, but he was he was done. Okay. Um, and then uh, new uh, newer, I guess. Tanya is yellow, and then um, mm-hmm. a, a little boy becomes the Blue Ranger, and it brings back Austin St. John as Jason, the original Red Ranger, and Amy Joe Johnson as Kimberly, the original Pink Ranger. And they get possessed and they turn evil. Um, okay, so. This movie is literally made to transition from Zeo into Turbo. And yeah, this movie is really just a, it's a pilot in canon. for Turbo. And yeah, so I, it feels like they, it, they're they working on almost the same budget as the show. And it's literally there to transition you into the new Zords and new Rangers, but keeping it in canon, unlike the other movie. Um, and uh, as Matt and the GOAT, uh, accused the last movie of feeling like made for TV. This one, as far as like uh, how it looks and feels, it, this feels way more like the show in terms of aesthetics than the previous movie. Um, so this one really doesn't feel like a movie. Now, I don't know. We, maybe we'll we'll get back to that. So, which one of you brave souls wants to tackle a plot synopsis for this? Not it. This movie actually starts with a um, like a Star Wars esque scroll to kind of mm-hmm. you know explain the plot to you, and it's legit. Like when Bird and I watched this uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we actually had to go. Like we were about twenty minutes into the movie, and we were with a whole group of people. I mean, how many? Like about six of us, Bird, or six or seven? Yeah. And nobody. We were like twenty or twenty five minutes in, and nobody could track what was happening. 
And we said, wait a minute, let's stop this and go back to the beginning and watch and read that scroll again and see if we can figure out the plot. And we, so we did that. And then even then we're like, man, this scroll is like incomprehensible, but it, it kind of <laughs> helped us get it. So I think the overall idea is that Divatox, who, as you said, is a space pirate, um, wants to marry this demon named Malagor, but she has to open up like a dimensional portal to bring him through into our universe to do so. And so she needs this key that can do that. And the key is in the hands of this little weird wizard creature named Laragot. Um, and so she's pursuing Laragot and he's basically, he goes to the Power Rangers for help. And so that's basically the movie is they're trying to protect this, this little dude from uh, Divatox's evil plans. That's probably the easiest way to like synopsize what is legit, legitimately way too complicated and incomprehensible to movie for a kid's film. <laughs> or any yeah movie. yeah yeah and it's kind of like what bird was saying like you know this doesn't seem like a movie movie like to me this really has the look and feel of like a early like full moon movie when like they still had like oh you know it, it, do you budgets, remember do you remember like when robo jocks <laughs> do you remember when full moon started making like more like children's like fantasy type movies this yes. feels like one of those but, yeah, but, but goat, how dare you? Because this is no Robo Jocks. <laughs> I love, I mean, you know, I love that neither of you got the Robo name Jocks right. It's, a, it's Robot Jocks. Well, whatever. It's better than this. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I couldn't make heads or tails. This, this was one where when it came out. Now, did anybody see this in the theater? Nobody. No, really. no. It, it, uh, it, it bombed horribly. I think it made like oh, yeah. nine. And, I mean, even to, I, I don't know if you guys remember it because I was, uh, you know, a teenager when this came out. You guys were maybe a little younger. But this was one where when it came out, it really felt like even as you even if you're young, you're kind of like, wait, why are they doing that? Like, it didn't seem like people cared about Power Rangers enough anymore. And it was like, I, that seems like a bad idea. Nobody, no, it's, I don't know. It, it's was such a weird time to release a Power Rangers movie. It was like a, such a last gasp. It, it, like it was in like, I don't know what the budget is. I'm sure it was low, a couple million dollars at the most. But the, like, supposedly the domestic box office was like $9 million. Yeah, that's bad. Um, yeah. Whereas the first one, just what two years earlier, Bird did like sixty million. Yeah, or something I, like that. I, I think maybe it has something to do with the the people who watched Mighty Morphin as a kid were growing out of Power Rangers, but there wasn't quite like a younger generation that really latched onto it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a really bizarre, like I guess, footnote of of this this franchise. Um, well, it feels like such a desperate attempt to try and get something new going with it, right? Like, oh, well, let's uh, give them cars now. People like kids like cars, yeah. and let's make a little kid into a Power Ranger so that kids can like relate to him. <laughs> that see, the little kid to me is what seems like it's like really groveling now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Did well, you guys like how he turned into like an adult once he morphed? <laughs> it's kind of creepy, right? Yeah. Like, uh, who's who's better, Ivanus or Divatox? Because it's clearly Ivanus. <laughs> Oof. Well, but Divatox is pretty hot. Yeah, you can't take that. Div- and then also, if you try to watch the show, the cleavage is toned down from the movie. This is yeah. another Dulcia thing where I think they were like, you know what? Parents got to take right. their dumb kids. What <laughs> well, what you're referencing is the fact that Divatox stayed on as like the turbo villain. Right? Yeah. 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 Because this really is just like we said, this is basically just a pilot. 
Um, yeah, whereas but, the first movie like wasn't canon or whatever because like some of the actors they couldn't get for the TV show. Everybody was in this movie. Yeah, they 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 were dying to be in the TV show. Um, but yeah, this is a this is pretty much just transitioning the teams because uh, I guess that's when Toei were putting out Car Ranger, which I guess is because their Zords are cars. How, how lame! What kid? Yeah, was, terrible. Super what, lame. What kid? What kid was excited that they were going from giant robots to cars for Zords? Well, not even like I would get it if like the cars looked cool, but they don't. They're like these <laughs> boxy pieces of crap, and they're not interesting looking. And then when they cut to like them yeah. in the cars, it doesn't really look like they're in a car. It looks like they're in a crappy little cardboard box set, you know. And it's there's nothing. I mean, kids like cars. Kids do like Hot Wheels and stuff. But any like. Typical Hot Wheel you see has a cooler design than these things. <laughs> well, like I always thought it, I always thought it as a move to try to like increase like um, profits or whatever to make just cheaper, more basic toys. Because like same thing happened to Transformers. Like the first few series of them were these really well done, kind of well constructed uh, toys with some die cast parts and all that. And then like when you get to like the fifth or sixth year of Transformers, it's just like the most cheapest of bare, you know, almost see-through plastic, you know, and they, they don't, they're not as elaborate the way they fold out and shit. Like, I felt like that's what like turbo was all about was like, just to make some cheap, basic shitty toys. Um, Did you guys like, how like the cars turned giant when they needed to make Zords? <laughs> like out of nowhere. Yeah. I didn't really like anything about the cars to be honest with you. The best thing about the film is Malagor. I thought he was actually kind of a, a cool looking monster, but that's the only thing that I liked. Right, I mean, you know, I mean, he's a, I mean, it's an interesting kaiju design, similar to uh, the lava creature in Yamato Takeru. I mean, I, I mean really, it, it, yeah, it, it's a must-see for fans. To me, the only good thing about the movie really is, like, you know, for the few remaining cast members that are in the movie, just to see them kind of, you know, another time or one last time. Um, couple- yeah, well, I Really, I'll get to that in a second, but I did. I wanted to quickly point out because you guys already talked about how much the kid sucks. And I know before we started this, um, you guys were talking about how the kid is like the worst thing in the movie, and I agree that kid sucks. But the thing that really bothers me the most about this movie is Laragot, the little wizard creature. I find him to be such a um, disturbing design. I don't know. Yeah. I just can't look at him. <laughs> it's like, that it, thing. It, that, it's that thing that a lot of kids' movies do, where like they have like a little creature that you think maybe is designed to be cute. But it's completely but it ends up not terrifying. It's yeah, it c- completely ripped off from those little trolls uh, station from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. I felt like, and those things are cuter than this thing. I mean, this <laughs> yeah, is, this, this thing's hideous. This thing is like something you see on a float in a Mardi Gras parade. Right, yeah, and, and like, it's like it because, just... and it's it's not just that he's ugly looking too, but like even just like he's so repulsive and like in a character sense, like it doesn't seem like something. That if I found him in the woods like the Power Rangers do, I wouldn't want to protect him. I would kick his ass <laughs> off a cliff and just like I'm gonna him. murder him. <laughs> he he I, really I, looks like the one of the horrible like uh, deleted designs from the terrible Garbage Pail Kids movie. <laughs> um, I'm look. I just have a couple pieces of trivia. First of all, Diva Talks was apparently written with Grace Jones in mind. Oh, that would oh, be awesome. great. Which yeah, oddly makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Billy was originally in it and he was going to give them like their turbo powers like he was going to or their yeah their turbo powers he was going to like create them with Alpha and Zordon but that was around the time he pieced out of the show cuz 
he was run by assholes, so he never came back. And then they wanted to get Zach back, who I guess, uh, 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 for some reason, he would have had to give up his Screen Actors Guild card to appear in the movie. Oh, because it was a, a non-union cast. Yeah. What a surprise. <laughs> which, which you, you know, th- that's another thing. I'm glad some of the actors can come back and make a few bucks on the convention scene because, uh, yeah, I don't think they're fairly compensated probably at all for their work, you know. Um, um, what do you guys think about Jason and Kimberly coming back out of nowhere? Well, I, I mean, I want to – so we're mostly going to rip on this film because it's <laughs> yeah. truly atrocious and awful. But if I want to be nice and find, like, the things to compliment it on, like Goat said, it's kind of nice just to see some of the original cast back. And I, I really do think – as awful as everything is, I do think it's a pretty fun sequence at the end when Kimberly and, and Jason are turned evil and have to fight the Power Rangers. I think it's a fun scene. And You just um, think Kimberly yeah. is... Evil Kimberly is hot. Well, so do yeah. you. Well, yeah. Uh, evil Kimberly yeah. is hot. She's super hot. Um, not that, like... I mean, good Kimberly is, is hot, too, but there's something about her evil where it's just... Uh, exactly. Doubled up, yeah. But no, but I just think it's a fun sequence in general. I also, uh, the other thing I'd like to just briefly mention is I do, on the corny level, I like the moment where Divitox calls Rita Repulsa to ask her how to deal with the Power Rangers. And it's like she wakes up Rita at home and Rita just kind of yells at her. Just because I do kind of like that idea of like, uh, and it's something that would be developed even further later in like later runs of Power Rangers of the idea that this is a, a universe and that the villains kind of all know each other and will like trade notes about how to deal with the power Rangers. <laughs> I think that's a fun idea. Um, yeah. Overall though. Yeah. The movie's boring. It's confusing. It's headache inducing. The little kid is annoying. Uh, Matt, you watched it today. Did you have any, any special takeaways that we haven't? I mean, I yet? had to, I had to stop halfway through and take a nap. Like it, it wasn't good. <laughs> It was so bad. That guy. sounds right. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we <laughs> is there really anything else we can say besides it's awful? <laughs> I mean, you know, not really. I mean, it's very, in a way, it's, like we said, it's very sad. If you was a fan of the Mighty Morphin era, like this is clearly the uh, kind of death knell of, you know, the the OG run. Yeah. I really think getting away from like creatures and going to cars is just like Fast and the Furious Power Rangers is just such a yeah. Uh, it betrays the spirit of what it originally was. I feel like. Uh, so how many ugly little troll wizard things do you give out this out of, or do you want to do Divatox boobs instead? Let's do Divatox right. boobs. How, how many Divatox boobs do you guys give this out of five? Out of why are we starting from a scale of five Divatox boobs? She's only got two. Well, maybe, oh. maybe. Never mind. <laughs> just, 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 just. How many? I want to be brutal and say just one, because it, because there, there is a lot of times during this movie where it dips below even the watchable level to me. Yeah. But. I'm gonna go point point seven five because it's not quite ape level bad, but it's it's not even worthy of a one in my opinion. <laughs> I kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of with you, man. I don't even know if this deserves a one. I think this is like a point five or something. This is, I, I guess I should give it a one because I said there's like a feel a fun sequence in there, but man, you got to wait through some real garbage to get that <laughs> evil Kimberly evil Jason moment. Yeah, I think I think a one is 
fair, but that's being really generous. Um, so Trev, do you want to, I guess, briefly, me and Trev for the last couple weeks have just been putting on random episode numbers of random Power Rangers series. Um, Trev, what, what have our findings been in this experiment? Um, well, they're all crazy. I, I feel like none of them have the charm of Mighty Morphin. So like you watch them and you, and you don't really... And it was always my intention. I was really excited when they put all the Power Rangers stuff on Netflix. And I think I even told you at the time, Bert, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to watch it all. I'm going to go through and like watch it all. And you really start to... You, you can do that for a while. It's really fun. You can really... As I was saying earlier, you can really blow through Power Rangers. You can... The other shows that follow with the original cast and the holdovers, you can stick with. And then you're really starting to kind of peter out after a bit. But that said, if you do what we're doing and you just dip in and out, it's always fun to just kind of visit, you know, each of these varied shows and see like the little differences. Yeah. The Japanese um, footage is definitely more like slick. Yeah. The action has gotten better in the more modern ones um, in terms of whether, you know, like you said, it's, it, that's actually more of a testament to the Japanese shows. Um, some of the concepts have gotten a lot weirder, actually. We watched the one where like their Zordon was like a a, a giant talking dog that's a cop. <laughs> yeah, well, that was, I believe that was Power Rangers SPD, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Their equivalent yeah. to Zordon was a guy in a big dog costume, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And yeah, mm-hmm. his what was his name? I'm trying to look it up uh, right now. Oh, um, it was something really dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know, but he he's like a main character of that too. Yeah, like, and really Doggy Kruger. Doggy Kruger, yeah. Doggy Kruger. <laughs> yeah, that was I, But like I said, the one thing I do take away from watching all of them when you dip in and out is, like I, like I said, I do like the idea that there's a long-running continuity. And and even as you go forward and, the you know, every year or so they change it up and you have all new Power Rangers, new characters. I think it's cool it's all in the same universe and they can make references to the old shows and they can have characters come back. Um, and they take advantage of that in some unique ways. We watched Forever Red, which was an episode where they brought all the red rangers together have either of you guys watched forever red no but i've actually read like the synopsis and everything of it it's fun try not to pay attention to the fact that one of the characters in it is a murderer in real life but um apparently oh yeah (laughs) i just found out about that for the first time like two days ago well that came back up in the news right he he pled guilty didn't he yes yeah he admitted it finally um <laughs> yeah, he killed a guy with a sword. Uh Forever Red's also interesting in that uh apparently like it's a fan favorite episode, but it's controversial because certain scenes or portions of it don't exactly line up with the continuity of the show. Like they bring a, they bring in Lord Zed's Serpentera, which was like his giant dragon robot, and it's smaller in this episode than it is in the old shows. And like it's 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 a ton of continuity kind of mistakes in quotes um, that I guess just Power Rangers fans I guess lose it over. It says due to the controversial nature of this episode and being overanalyzed by fans, most message boards consider the subject off limits. That's bizarre. <laughs> uh, fun I, I episode, will say, though. I, I, it's a fun episode. I will say out of the random ones we've picked and watched so far, the, my favorite one, to the point where it makes me almost kind of want to sit down and watch the whole season, was um, Power Rangers Lightspeed Rescue. I, that one, the episode we watched, uh, we, we us and all of our friends were just laughing the entire time. And that was the one where we were blown away to find out that 
the Power Rangers in that show will just le- like legit pull out guns and like blast the villains away, and we're like, wait a minute, this that was it's so <laughs> crazy. Yeah, that one was nuts. Uh, we watched the Power Rangers in space. Speaking of Ninja Turtles, the crossover with the Ninja Turtles, which mm-hmm. was awful. Um, and it, it, it was from that live-action Ninja Turtles show that had a female ranger that had, like, weird... Tur- or, ranger. Female turtle that had, like, weird turtle boobs. Did, Matt, yeah, that show was awful. <laughs> Matt, do you remember that show? I don't... Yeah, I don't oh, remember. Lord. Well, uh, there's an episode of Power Rangers in space just waiting for you to watch it. Oh, I'm looking at pictures of it right now. That looks amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, also of note, we didn't watch it this recently but trev and i did sit down and watch the two-parter where zordon dies a couple years ago spoiler alert um and like it, he has to sacrifice himself right trev it's something like that the interesting thing about it is that um yeah he does sacrifice himself he asks one of the rangers um to kind of like break his tube and 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 kill him but what's interesting about that moment is when they when they break the tube like the idea is that the essence of zordon goes across the entire like universe and it turns every villain good and you actually they do show you like some villains from previous runs of the show and there's actually um like lord zed and and rita are together and this like zordon wave hits them and suddenly they turn into this like like white yuppie couple uh that start like kind of dancing and you're like <laughs> it's really weird you, like, you can find a clip on YouTube. It, it really is bizarre you can probably f- just find that part on youtube and I'd be like Zor- but like lord zed when he turns human he's actually wearing like uh he's got like you know, the- he's like dressed like a preppy he's got like the sweater tied around his neck <laughs> um uh let's see what other like important episodes I, we watched so many um I guess uh, it is worth mentioning um, the Japanese actress that played the original Rita. Um, I guess when she passed away, they did like a tribute thing on uh, one of the shows where, like, the Ranger. I, I haven't watched it, so I might just be getting things completely wrong. But they had to go to like some like uh, like white like. Uh, angel type being and it turned out to be like a reformed Rita Repulsa and then like at the end there was a little dedication to the actress um does anyone remember does anyone remember the uh, Mighty Morphin episode where Kimberly had to be Rita for a little bit no not no yeah it's like Goldar like kidnaps her and they think that she's under a spell and she's gonna be the new Rita but she, the spell didn't work and she has to like pretend but you get to see Kimberly in the Rita costume, and then she like acts like Rita. So it's like only one scene, but it's really fun. <laughs> uh, that sounds like uh, one that I, I should go and watch. Um, and then we watched a couple of the later ones, right? We watched, was it, I don't even remember, what, Jungle Fury we watched. Uh, I don't think we could make heads or tails out of that one. No, no. Um, and then uh, we did watch a Zeo episode. Oh, that's where we were treated to, like, a scene of what Lord Zed, Rita, Goldar, and Rito are doing now that they're, like, not villains. And they were taking some weird, like, cross-country road trip in a in a Winnebago. <laughs> yes. And the scene true. starts with Lord Zed driving, and he's just like, do 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 
that's then, and that's not bird like joking. That's legit how the scene starts. Is Lord Zed driving Winnebago and humming to himself? <laughs> um, which I almost feel like I should watch a, like the next couple episodes to see if that goes anywhere. Yeah, it, no, it's true. I mean, it, it makes you kind of like want to watch it and like track these storylines, but then I just worry that. What's fun about just dipping in will become tedious when you sit down and watch the whole thing. <laughs> um, so, I, do you guys have any uh, experience outside of uh, the Mighty Morphin run? I mean, not really. I just like flip through. There's been a few times I flip through here and there, and like watch a few minutes of like some of the other other series. But like, I've never. Other than the space one with the dog guy, like I don't think I've ever watched a full <laughs> all the way episode, and that was only like that one yeah. time I watched that space one. And just I don't know, it's just like you know, it's like you get used to the show or the series being one thing the way it was with Mighty Morphin, and like I was kind of done with Mighty Morphin once they started swapping actors out. So I mean, for the the new series, it just never really held much interest to me, in all honesty. Yeah, I'm I'm basically right there with you. Like I, I, I kind of gave up after about the first three seasons, uh, lost interest, and the stuff that I've seen that's come after it, I just it doesn't pique my interest what whatsoever. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. no, I get that, but I think it's kind of cool that it is a show that like it, it's if, well for a while I know Disney owned it for a little run there, and then Saban got it back. But in any incarnation, no matter who ran it, it's not a show that ever rested on its laurels and just said like, hey, let's just start showing old ones. The fact that it does kind of reinvent itself every two or three years and, and come up with a new version, and I get that they have to do that to you know, work with the Japanese footage too, but that's still kind of neat that every generation of kids gets their own version of Power Rangers. Yeah, It, it does make me wonder, because like, you know, well, I'm sure we're going to talk about the new movie in a moment, but the new movie is just a, you know, this reboot that's paying, you know, going back to the characters from Mighty Morphin. And I, I wonder, you know, do young kids today, like, clearly they don't know those characters, right? Like, it's not a big deal to them. Like, if if a kid grew up in, you know, Jungle Fury as his Power Rangers, why does he give a crap about Kimberly Hart and Billy Cranston? So, I don't know, it seems like maybe a gamble to, to, to do that, but we'll, I guess we'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, yeah let's get into that. <laughs> so, um... Uh, so I guess what are you guys is at this point? I mean, movies coming out in a few days now. Uh, what are your expectations of the movie? What do you hope it is or isn't? Do you care? Are you going to see it? Um, go. Let's start with you. Is our? I mean, I know that you you don't have very many good theaters in your little podunk hillbilly town. So no. Is this something yeah. that you are planning to catch in theaters, or are you just gonna maybe wait? I'm not. My girlfriend has a phasing in and out curiosity about it, so it's really up to her. Um, I just, yeah, like this still, whatever new movie rubs me the wrong way. It's it's Lionsgate when it just looks like a pure Lionsgate movie that's going to bomb, and like I don't know. I just don't like the approach, the dark and gritty approach. Like Lionsgate, like, you really, know, they they really seem to be going after that uh, young adult Hunger Games audience. Yeah, it's it's just the, the wrong tone. You know, nothing makes more money than Marvel movies. So instead of aping that, everybody, you know, Warner Brothers, like everybody's just like. Well, that's what Marvel does, and we're gonna go dark and gritty. Or it's like that's not what people really want in general. 
I don't know if you really want to have a mega franchise, you know, and it's not what I want out of Power Rangers. And on top of it, I would probably have more besides the fact that I think the Zords just look awful and all that. But like I would have more interest or be more willing to give it a chance if it was just, okay. here's Power Rangers for 2017 with new characters. But the 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 cherry on top of the like nasty rotten Sunday to me was just that it's supposed to be the same characters and I'm just like you know do something new like this whole nostalgia craze of just taking old stuff and remaking it to put a a very current modern spin on it like yeah like it it been I feel like in this you know in this world of reboots and everything coming back I feel like even this just like the original Power Rangers movie is like 3 years too late like this movie's going to flop especially like the way people have embraced Beauty as a Beast and Beauty and the Beast as being like the best piece of cinema of all time and like like the and this is coming out in the second weekend even if Beauty and the Beast drops like 60% like it's still like there. Th- this movie can't compete, and there's really very little buzz about it, other than just people who are fans as kids and are somewhat more really curious. Yeah, there's a lot of cannibalization this month too, because I mean, there's still people who are are still just now getting out to see Logan and Kong. Yeah, and yeah Beauty and the Beast is going to hang on for a while, um, but no, those are all valid points um, in uh, particularly grumpy goat fashion. Um, so we'll we'll keep that train rolling uh and matt i'm gonna go to you now what are you Uh, hoping it is isn't where and i mean just what are your expectations at this point and what do you want out of it i'll keep it spoiler free i read a couple things that have me a little skeptical that the that the film will be any good first i don't like the designs for the zords i don't really care about the uh the design for goldar i think it looks uh I just think it looks like garbage, honestly. Um, I'm hoping that the movie's entertaining, but there there's some things out there about the kind of humor and the approach for some of the characters that I just I kind of think misses the the beat of the show, and I, and I feel like they're 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 catering to like an entirely different audience than the show was made for. Um, I'm with Goat 100 percent that trying to to go for that dark and gritty feel. It doesn't feel like it's really Power Rangers like that. That's what I'm getting from the, from the previews that I've seen. Maybe maybe that's wrong. Maybe this is a case where the the previews that we've seen won't represent the movie. Um, I kind of hope that's the case. I hope that I'm in for like a really fun movie, and, I, and I'll give it a fair shot. But my expectation going in is that I really think it's going to be crap. Now I'll, I'll also be the first one to say if it's really good, I'll defend it. Um, but you know, I, I don't really have high expectations. The one thing I am hopeful hopeful of is Elizabeth Banks as Rita because she is a great actress, and I think she can really nail that like over the top Rita that everybody loved about the original series. Um, so that's probably the one bright spot that I think I am looking forward to. All right, I'll go last, Trev. Yo, um, at this point, I remain kind of cautiously optimistic about it. Um, I feel like if I felt it really was going to be this like super grim, dark, morose movie that Goat and Matt sound afraid of, I'd probably be on the same train with them. But I thought the second trailer, when they finally started showing more, uh, the fact that there were jokes in the trailer kind of made me feel a little better. I thought I, I don't I, I'm not a huge fan of like the grayscale um, kind of look to it. I do wish it was more colorful. 
But I, I honestly feel like the movie maybe will have a little bit more of a sense of humor to it and won't be as like down and gritty as we're all kind of worried about. Um, I'm, I'm definitely excited for Elizabeth Banks as Rita. I think no matter what, that's probably going to be the best thing about the movie. And I just, I, I really like the design they did with her. Um, and I think she, I, it's that kind of thing I was saying earlier. I just love getting to see actors cut loose in roles like that, that they don't normally get to do. Um, I like how I, I, from what I've seen, I like the approach to the cast in terms of being kind of, you know, another multicultural cast and trying some different things with switching that up a little bit. Um, the gold, I think is terrible. You know, it's everything I've seen is kind of a mix of good and bad at this point, but I'm hedging my bets more on, I think it'll just be entertaining because like I said, I look earlier, I went on a 10 minute rant about how I think the money more Rangers movie is fine. You know, like, I guess it's a matter of what are my expectations. All I need this to be is dumb, fun, and entertain me for the 90 minutes I watch it, or however long it is. It's probably two and a half hours because it's a modern blockbuster. <laughs> um, but as long as I sit there and kind of have a grin on my face while I watch it, even if I forget it afterwards, it, it'll be fine. It would just be like Skull Island then, right? <laughs> um, I am uh, kind of with Trev. Um uh, the concerns that Goat and Matt have raised are all very valid. Um, I think where I split a little bit is because I'm not necessarily looking for something to replicate the show. Um, and uh, Trev, well, Trev, for a minute, talk about how this movie is very similar to what you pitched on one of the very first If It Bleeds episodes. Mm-hmm. is like how how you think a, a Power Ranger re- reboot should be handled. Yeah, that's true, too. I wasn't going to bring it up because I'm not like trying to you know, be all like, hey, this is my idea. But it is true that on one of the very first episodes of our podcast, I was talking about how I couldn't believe this was a series that hadn't been rebooted yet. And I did this pitch where I was like, well, here's what I think a Power Rangers movie could be. And this really does look pretty similar to what I said, is that I said, like, you know, you can make a movie that's, it, you can't, you shouldn't make an adult film but I think you can make a way that's maybe more for teenagers slightly um, and, you know, portray the characters a little bit more like what teens are like today. And I think that's what they're doing. So, like, Matt, when I hear you say that you think they're missing the point of the show, I get, I totally get where you're coming from, especially in terms of things you've heard and, like, the overall approach. But I don't think it's that they're missing the point of the show. I think instead it's that they're trying to make a movie for what they consider a more modern kind of audience and an audience that at this point is more keyed into a certain kind of film and cinematic language, right? So this just looks more like what superhero movies are of the time, right? And that's what they think kids expect to see. And I think that's why the kids in this will be a little bit more rebellious and will probably deal with some like real life issues a little bit more. And that's why I think it's important for them to have like, you know, a, a gay Power Ranger and, you know, that kind of stuff. I think they're just trying to key in on that a little bit more. And that's kind of what I pitched to in my take. So we'll see. We'll see if I can sue them. Uh, mm. My take on it is kind of what I was saying. I'm not really looking for something that's replicating the show. I don't think the I, I don't think the camp and charming, crazy stupidity of the show is something that can even be replicated because the show is so insane. Uh, and I think that if you're going to do a big-budget Power Rangers movie, taking the, I guess, mythology or iconography of the most popular run of the series is logical. Um, the, as far as how things look, the only thing I'm not fond of is Goldar. I don't mind the new Zords or the new Rita or the new Zordon or whatever. Um, 
uh, I'm hoping it's not in that grim dark realm that we spoke of. Um, that there is more humor, more lightheartedness to it. Uh, I do like the diverse cast. Uh, we only have one white ranger. Uh, we have a, a Latina, an Indian, an Asian, an African American. Um, so uh, I think that's interesting that this is going to be the movie that does something like that. A gay ranger, I mean, that they beat Marvel and DC to the punch on that. Um, yeah, I, I, I think my expectations is that it'll be good for the intended audience. Um, my my biggest fear, I guess, is that it's going to feel just overly generic like any other superhero origin kind of movie, but if that's the worst thing it can do, I mean, I, I can live with that, you know. Because, I, I mean, I, I, I will say I am not a diehard Power Rangers fan, and I am not the intended age group for this, so I feel like if it, it it's working for the people that it's made for, the young kids and teenagers in the audience, then that's kind of what my judgment's going to be based on really that's the thing too i think that's important to remember is like we could all go see it and be like that was crappy like i didn't like that but we should also then take a moment and before we get online and talk about how crappy it was and trash everything look and see did kids kind of respond to it and if they did then they did something right you know because it's not really for us anyways i have to say from what i've seen it doesn't sound like it sounds like they're they all take the the franchise kind of seriously and get what it is that you know why it's popular and, and they sound like they want to make a movie that kids will like so we'll see i mean if that's a, if that's true it's probably on a i guess a screenplay level but i didn't i never got the sense that the director or cast thinks that this material is below them or aren't trying to like do the franchise right the the thing that really has besides the fact that the movie was filmed in gray vision which is like was cliche five years ago like what i want to ask you guys to bring it back to the kaiju transmissions angle on it is okay like we understand why the original series and the things that the original series paid tribute to like why that was popular on the kaiju and giant uh robot monster level but okay here we are now this being you know the updated version of course everything is completely cg but we live in an age now where what every month now we get something with not only giant cgi robots but just giant cgi characters in general causing mass destruction i mean i don't think this con just you know i think this concept or to do this as a remake i think this is like we've gone through the transformers era we've even seen like terminator movies have giant robots now we got king kong giant eight we got got modern godzilla series like I don't think the whole giant whatever thing is really even unique at this point right now in the the kind of movie-going world and box office. Like, I don't think the concept stands out really the way it should, you know, or the way it did, you know, in the mid-'90s when that whole giant monster thing had not been seen in a long time. What do you guys think about that? Uh, the more giant stuff, the better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm okay with it. I, I, mean, I, I, I agree that I like, agree like, that uh, it's it's becoming like a a little bit of, more of a go to third act kind of deal. I mean, even uh, what is it? Dormammu and Doctor Strange was like a giant face thing. Um, uh, I don't think Pacific it's Rim. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't think it's robbing movies like Godzilla or Pacific Rim from their I guess individuality. Uh, if anything, I think it's it's becoming more of a just a common third act trope, 
and uh, it's not really one that I think is going to last much longer. So I do. I mean, I think to to speak to that really briefly. Oh, Matt, sorry, you're the other kaiju guy. I guess you should respond. Well, I mean, to like a larger extent, a lot of the the giant monster stuff. If you think about Japan, like. The, the kaiju stuff's kind of dying out. Like even Ultraman, they're they're reducing their Ultraman's um, well, Super Eye in general. Like their their production, or well, their projections for like their profit margins are actually going down every year. There's they're still making a ton of Ultraman stuff, but like their the amount of money they bring they're bringing in is going down. The only reason they're still making money a, a lot of times, honestly, is because of the amount of toys that they're putting into their shows that that bring in money. Um, so like what you're seeing now is like the the Western stuff, we're taking that over a little bit. And it wasn't until like Shin Godzilla that you saw kind of a, maybe, I don't even know if it's a revitalization, but like Japan trying to one up the American side of it. Um, I mean, I, I guess that's really all I have to add to it, but like the, the giant monster stuff is kind of going away in the way that we think of it with like the traditional effects and crap. And, and what you're seeing now is all the cg and, and and whatnot which for good or bad i think is probably going to be here to stay which kind of makes me sad personally the traditional stuff you're gonna have to go to tv you're gonna have to go to sentai power rangers ultraman uh i don't see any of the the shows abandoning it but no. yeah unfortunately, I mean, gonna... unfortunately i really do think shin godzilla put put the nail in the coffin for for feature films doing that yeah, I mean, so, Japan's been going to CG for a long time, and, and a lot of their their feature films, stuff like if you're familiar with anime like Parasite, they they did a uh, even Death Note, like they made some Death Note films. They've made Parasite, like and, like they're all going away from you know the, the traditional tokusatsu way of making stuff, and they're all pushing pushing CG now. So like what you're seeing now is is it's all when it's coming over here, like there's no desire to to do Fury Road stuff where it's practical. It's all I don't know and. and like I said, for better or for worse, that's what we're stuck with, I think. When we said, like, the overall idea is misguided, I don't necessarily agree with that because that's what I was getting at when I pitched my idea a few years ago. Is to me, it's like, this should be, like, a big screen franchise. It's so obvious. It's so easy to make into a big screen franchise. And at this point, they've, be, they've right? dug it into such, they've built up such a, like, deep mythology. Yeah, and, like, but, I mean, in particular to what Goat was just saying about, like, the whole giant monsters and giant robot thing not being special anymore i i agree with him and i think that's actually why they're taking a slightly different approach in this one and that's where i think maybe goat and matter looking at it and kind of backing off a little but i think it's something that bird and i don't mind as much to where i really think it's like i don't think they're that interested in that element of power rangers i it definitely looks like they're selling this as more of a superhero film and to them it's like lionsgate saying like this can be our superhero team right we don't have marvel or dc but we can build the power rangers into a superhero team and that's why you see the kids you know getting powers and training more in the trailers i think that's i think all the zord stuff and everything is probably gonna be kind of secondary to that in this approach that's, i could see it following the formula of the show where the zords and the monster fight is saved for the the third act yeah i just feel like we're gonna get a lot more of like the rangers kind of like ground level stuff in this movie and that's fine by me it just feels like a, a more modern version of it um, well, I, I mean, I, I think we would all like it to be good. Um, if I would also like it to be really, really bad. Like, I'll take either. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, with just, Power Rangers, I, you can really yeah. kind of swing either way, I right? I don't want I, it to be middling. That's my... You know what, though, Trev? I don't think it's going to try hard enough 
to be really great in a bad way. Like, I mean, every picture I see, they're standing in darkness. Like, they're always in dark. Like, I just think this is going to be that by the numbers, like, gray ass movie <laughs> that nobody's going to remember in two years, like, at all. You know what I mean? See, that's my fear is that it's that we're so far down the superhero and origin story movie path that this is just going to feel like something that we've seen a hundred times. Yeah. previous and then but it's just going to go in one ear and out the other so hopefully there will yeah. be something more memorable about it that we can all latch on to so that's that's but, really my my deal but I, I just I don't know I just feel like it, every angle you can say that's interesting about this movie it's just it's bad timing man because it, it stole its thunder like they're trying to get all this press now off uh, one of the characters being gay well, what, what's the biggest news story in movies right now? That one of the characters in Beauty and the Beast is gay. It's like, and that was like a week ago. Like, I mean, seriously, I'm not, I mean, I'm not being facetious. I just feel like. No, you're you know, right, dude. It's like. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's nothing right now on this week when this movie will be coming out in a few days. There's nothing original going for this movie whatsoever. So, you know. do we have any uh, box office predictions for this? What do you yeah, want? I want to do that. Yeah. I, okay. I'm, I'm going in getting crushed. In the the wake of Beauty, I think Beauty and the Beast is going to keep going on with steam and everything. I, th- I think I think this one's going to be that opening weekend of thirty eight million dollars, and then dropping off to like fifteen the next weekend, and it'll be it'll, this thing will be out of theaters within three weeks. Um, Man, this is great. We accomplished what I hoped for at the very beginning. We did a whole like really long Power Rangers commentary or a podcast without ever really talking about Alpha Five. Awesome. <laughs> that that is that is quite an uh, accomplishment because I hate that little bastard. Yeah, so do I. I always have. Oh. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good note to go out on. Alpha Five <laughs> is the worst. Even his new redesign is garbage. Have you seen this piece yeah, of hot trash? It's terrible. <laughs> terrible. Everything about him. Good is job, Hollywood. Bad. Good job. Um, maybe Bill Hader can make him likable. Who knows? No, no, he can't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Any anything else you guys want to say before we uh, say goodnight out here? Yeah, just after you see this awful movie this weekend and you feel bad about it, just hit that Netflix and watch some of the original series. That's all I want to say. I think that's good advice, whether you like it or not. Yeah, get on Netflix, and watch some Mighty Morphin, and just turn your brain off. <laughs> Uh, any Trev and Matt, any last words? I agree with that, but I'd also say, like, again, I, and I'm not overly defending a film I haven't seen, but if you're going to say, like, well, just turn your brain off and go watch the original, I think it's important to say, also turn your brain off before you go watch this new movie. I think mm. that's really important that we don't go into the new movie expecting it to be something it's not in comparison to the original show, right? I think sometimes we get this thing in our head of, like, it's a movie and now we're older, so we want it to be, like, what we think it should be more. But if it's really dumb and really charming in a way that kids like, then that's fine. Good point, Trev. Matt, any last uh, comments on MMPR? No, I'm just looking forward to the uh, eventual review. All right. All right. Well, uh, Trev, as always, thank you for joining us. Special thanks to the goat and goat. I've been trying to find the right thing to get you on here for forever because we've been podcasting together for years now, and I've been dying to have you on here. So thank you so much for joining. Thank us. you. Yes, it was. Thank a real you, pleasure. Bird. Thank you, Matt. I, I love. Like I said, like I'm not even like the world's biggest kaiju fan, but like I said, I just love the history of it. I, I love you know the artistry behind the films and stuff. And when you guys started this podcast, I said to you. 
think it's awesome that, you know, you guys are like, you know, you guys are just a little bit a part of that fandom, but you guys are putting a show out there that's all about keeping the thing alive, keeping it going. So, yeah. So thank you guys for putting out such a cool show. All right. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. And, yeah, we will be talking about the movie. So uh, good night, everybody. Thank you for sticking with us. And uh, go watch some uh, MMPR. Thank <laughs> you.